0: Welcome to episode 352 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, welcome along to episode 352 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom, Bevan James Oz, oh, how you going mate? I'm very good Bevan. This is take two isn't it? It is. The take one, it was the
1: best For take one ever. Garage band, damn that garage band. Sometimes
0: it just likes to stop. Yeah,
1: Very garage band, next. send Bevan some tips. Well I'm pretty sure about garage band, but just yeah. sometimes it likes to stop, John. I'm good, Bevan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going for a swim. I'm doing 25-100s on
0: the 135. So what's happening today is we're recording the show, but because we had Brett Sutton on last week, we've pretty much done most of today's show already. So John's going to go have a swim and then he's going to come back and we're going to record Legends of Triathlons. So he's going to have a swim. What are you going to do? Twenty five, one hundreds on 135 just nice to use. Uh, I reckon you're probably coming on about 127 I
1: wonder why you reckon that. <laughs> it's just <laughs> incredible. The you're insight
0: like, I hold is amazing. You must be checking my daily blogs. <laughs> That's right, I am. Every day. It's best I go to when I wake up in the morning. Yeah. On today's
1: show, oh, no sponsors. Coffees of Y.com. Oh, that will be good for you, swim, will not it? Yeah, I think I might need something else as well. <laughs> <laughs> we're laughing away, but you guys don't know we why. We think we're hilarious. I'm having an Ems Power <laughs> Cookie Bar, a chocolate oat explosion as well. Nice. A little bit of a pre and post nibble on that. That's right. A bit of coffee, a bit of that. You'd be fired up. Yep. Update my athlete's profile when I come back. Nice. On your swim. Yeah, Yeah. Nice. Because I, well, I might put a bit. Of, might, might just set up a little informal race down there. At you the could end. be the Pioneer Pool champion. Yeah. Yeah. And then have a picture of you going like this yeah, leaderboard yeah. and everything. Leaderboard. And, and then um, I'll be having my extreme endurance to make sure I don't have any uh, muscular soreness. And that's rate. your
0: lactic buffer for endurance athletes. So well. For All types of athletes actually That's right. CrossFit games are on right now but bet a few CrossFit people will be using it blah, blah, They're going hardcore on like extreme endurance Yeah, good times Okay, so this week's show we've got some news It's a bit of a different show this week We've got an interview with Brett Sutton Which goes for around about an hour So we're pretty much going to do that And then we've got some questions and answers at the end So first of all news We've got our first Ironman starts off Well not first, but a new Ironman
1: starts off this weekend Ironman Los Cabos It's a 2,000 point race, which is uh, reasonably good for the pro athletes in terms of accumulating a few points. Also $75,000 prize pool, which is uh, above a number of the other ones. The minimum is usually around $50,000, so a lot of them are at that level. Uh, So that means first place takes home $15,000 US and it rolls down to eighth, which is 1000 US. So yeah, it's um, old Torsten's got his his field up there. But in terms of the race itself, it'll um, be interesting to hear some some feedback about it. it. Looks like a really cool venue, you know, down in, uh, like down sort of in Mexico, yep. and uh, looks looks nice. The bike course looks to be a bit undulating with a bit of a bit of a hill in the middle. I'm sure it's not going to be um, particularly strenuous. They don't seem to be setting up. Too many uh, really hard courses these days, but there is a, is a hill in the middle which looks um, about four k long. Looks like it might be about five percent average grade over four k, so that's a that's enough to sort of break break things up a bit. And um, the run looks pretty flat. Sea swim and uh, should be yeah, be interesting to see how it all goes.
0: Well, the nice thing about the race, John, is if we look at Ironman New Zealand a couple of weeks ago, the female field was. <sighs> don't want to say it's a joke, but it's a bit of a joke, as in the number of female pros racing. They had
1: nine, I think. Yeah.
0: So, whereas you look at this race and you've got on the males, you've got 29 guys, and on the girls, you've got 23. So, you've actually got good size profiles. Now, obviously, there's going to be different levels of ability, but just good to see some, you know, some, some field.
1: Yeah. And, uh, quite strong on the, on the yeah, some good guys there on the guys side, providing everybody obviously turns up. Um, you've got Timo Bracht, who's a top-ranked athlete on Torsten's ratings, uh, who's expected to come in in 8.21, but when well, he's not expected, that's his rating time, sorry, there's no expected times, because we don't know what sort of a course it's going to be, and whether it's going to be windy or whatever. There's no history. So, yeah, so Timo Bracht, then you got Ronnie Shieldnick, um, multiple winner of Ironman Switzerland, uh, expected second, Daniel Fontana, uh, Jens Peterson Barch, Mike Twellsick, I'm um, no doubt will spank the swim and spank the living hell out of the uh, the bike and uh, Luke McKenzie as well. probably yeah, probably be, probably probably be bashing it with Luke McKenzie. Paul Amy, I think he raced um, a couple of weeks it, ago. Yeah. So i will be surprised if we see Abbey him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, and you got some other good guys like Torsten Abel, Joseph Major, Axel Zbrooks So. You know, it's a Matthew Russell winner of Ryan Man Canada extreme endurance athlete. So he's a weak swimmer. So he might, um, you know, he's got to do a bit of work to catch up later on. Um, one name that I saw, I've uh, got Brett Carter, who was the, the, the Aussie guy who went from age group to pro racing for Team TBB. Oh yeah, yep. And the other name that I saw on there was Jeff Simons. Now from memory, I think he got um, a podium place on at the 70.3 Worlds, uh, maybe the first year they had it and. In Vegas, so I'm wondering if this is a design man debut, and if it is, from memory, he was a bit of a gun runner. So uh Yeah, it's pretty good memory.
0: Thank you. Like really,
1: that why would you remember that? Because he was a nobody, and um, yeah, but w- that was like three years ago, John. Yeah, well, I just remember that name, and I remember he was Canadian. Yeah, I yeah I've, I've <laughs> just discovered something, John. You've got a really good memory, selective memory. Oh, really? Yeah. So where, where is it not so good? Oh, I don't know.
0: Timberland tells something. <laughs> Do some job. Was, I forgot all about it. Yeah. But
1: you remember some random guys from, from some races three years ago? Yes. <laughs> uh, female race. So the top-ranked athlete on Torson's ratings, and she's only done one Ironman, is uh, Ashley Clifford, who she did Ironman Florida last year in 9.24. Uh, so she's actually rated ahead of Erica... John Moore. yeah. Um, who is... No, we haven't seen a lot of to be honest uh, four or five years ago she was all the talk wasn't she yeah, when, we, when we did that rote race she was just crazy. what did she do in rote challenge rote in what year did we do it? 2007 8 I think 2007 9.37 no I think she did
0: 2008 wasn't
1: it we did it no she did, that's right she did 8 something crazy yeah, why was her result up there Torsten sorted out she went uh, like eight, as eight. was the last time she, we did she, she started the run she, she, she went about 8.45 there yeah Yeah, she smoked it She smoked it So at the moment She seems to be Sort of more around The mid nine and a halves Um, So yeah Like consistently Around nine and a half She just killed it For a period there Yeah Michelle (laughs) Michelle Vespury Vespury uh, I reckon she must be the race favourite. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. Because her run leg is, uh, it was traditionally her sort of Achilles heel, but she had a really good result, I think it was in, in uh, Abu Dhabi a few weeks ago, so I think she'll be the race favourite. And she's a very strong biker, very strong swimmer, still got a bit of work to do on the run, but it seems to be... Uh, she's heading a character the right too, yeah, yeah, so, um Yes. So, so I think those would be the main three to, to look Hillary out there, for. you got um there, who else named, do I don't
0: notice... Um, Vit Grace, yep, Pommy yeah. girl,
1: yep. So you know her name? Yeah, I don't know why I know her name. You've, you've made it. Bevan you've you've not, noticed
0: See, you. I remember she did a race about three years ago. Yeah, and she did really well. And out of nowhere, oh. just, I was like, wow, incredible. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. Okay, John, what else is happening? We've got the uh, other piece of news. Gomez is going to be doing a challenge half Barcelona, which Mecca was meant to be doing, but he broke his hand. Right. So. Yep so uh
1: be interesting uh, he'll although
0: absolutely... would have killed him he would have got killed
1: by Mecca, right oh, he would have... Maka would have he got, got killed, killed by yeah. Gomez Gomez is going to be uh an absolute weapon at that d- distance he's, he's strong on the bike and, and he's shown that in non-drafting races so I don't think this is any sign that he's going to go really long but we're but seeing but why
0: not like, well, do you really think Gomez is going to be a threat at the next Olympics
1: uh, who knows things change so much in four years potentially Gomez must be getting on but um no, I think he's pretty young. Harold, yeah. I'd be, I, I would you can, you can do your bloody Google on this. I'm gonna do my this, Google. You predict, and I'll, I'll pull that. I would say out. at the moment he's probably. It's not Javier Gomez, is its is it, it? It is actually. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> uh, I would say he's maybe 27, maybe 26. No, he's older than that. No, he's done two one. Olympics. No. Yeah, he was the favourite, the one where Bevan got second. Okay, maybe, maybe he's 28 then. I reckon he's 28 then.
0: Okay, wait a second, second. Gomez.
1: The other thing that was uh, announced this week is Bevan does this, and um, Pete Jacobs apparently running the LA Marathon. Which I was curious
0: to see what his PB was beforehand, but it was only 241.
1: Well, no, that's because of what, he, that's what he's running an Ironman.
0: No, because on the, if you go to the website,
1: oh, maybe you're right, but on the website. I am right. But he may have run a marathon at 241, but he's. he's Well, no,
0: on the website promoting it, it says he's done this, will be his second marathon. Mm. And then you go to Pete Jacobs' Facebook page and he goes, I have to beat my 241 PR.
1: Which is what he did in Kona the year before last. But he he may have run 241 as well in a a fresh marathon somewhere along the way. Well, that's
0: obviously his marathon PR. Mm. So Mm. he's obviously gone that time within a marathon or his. I'm
1: picking it's a Kona run. Well, fair enough, because you're right. But he also says on his Facebook page that so I was thinking, oh, look, let's see if can, he can run for a marathon. Then he puts on Facebook or Twitter or something. He's jogging just it. jogging it. Just joking so it. Not that interesting of piece of news, but it's, we don't have much news this it's week. It's a pity he didn't
0: smack it out. What do you reckon, Jacob's is going to smack it out? He's um, a pretty good runner. Oh, yeah, he's a pretty good runner. Probably I mean, Best runner in our sport right
1: now. Um, not at, at iron distance, yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't know. How old do you think Gomez is? Um, I'm saying 28. Oh, you up to? You said 26 before. I, I did until you said the two Olympics sing <laughs> and I thought oh, he would have been really young at the first Olympics, so probably 20. He's 29. Is he? Yeah,
0: yeah. nearly 23.
1: Or 20, no, he's
0: 30 today, 30 in a couple of days. So he's 30, really.
1: Yeah, so he'll be 33 for... Uh,
0: yeah, go long.
1: Mm. If he goes long now, he's in that rush. He's in no rush.
0: No, because let's be honest, if he goes to the next Olympics, especially if they change the distance,
1: it's a young man's game. So, so tell me this. So if, if, you, if you were in his shoes, yep. you're looking – Which I, I'd love to be. Yeah, you're in ITU circuit. You're going to make a lot of money um, this year. He's going to probably finish second or third in the series. He's going to win a gazillion races. Or you go into Ironman where he's probably going to make a lot less, a lot less. Yeah, but do?
0: then you go to Malina's point of Greg Bennett never really understood it, the value of winning Kona. And someone like Gomez, which you know, in our world, we all know. I wonder how many Americans know Gomez.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. And so, and so,
0: so you go. Okay, well, if you win Kona, which Gomez puts his mind to it, you could easily say he'd be the favourite. You know, if you know, well, he can't easily because you never know the crossover. But you know, his pedigree is good enough to go and take on Kona and and win it. I still think when he 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 would make huge money in sponsorship and not have to race as much. Yeah, but maybe he likes racing. I heard he hated it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he
1: races a lot. Uh, I would say, and he could he could race seventy point threes all mm-hmm. the time. He'd win everything. Bevan and that, but Bevan and the guys are going over when they're sort of thirty six, thirty seven. That's potentially a little bit too late. I'm not saying Bevan's not going to win Kona, but he's probably okay, but John, he's probably not going to win five Konas. But it was going, Bevan.
0: L- l- retrospectively, was Bevan better off to go? Actually, not. Let's not worry about the last Olympics where mm-hmm. where. Yeah, yeah. He was never going to be a contender, really. Yep. Once, once the Brownlee's came along, his hopes of getting those medals, was he better off to go on, bugger this, let's not worry about the limits, go man, and, you know, if he'd won
1: two Ironmans by now, yeah, but financially, don't... would he be better off? He he would be, but Gomez is a different story because Gomez is still winning races a yeah, lot. but in the next couple of years, that's... Oh, no, I still think he'll still be a threat. I don't know if he'll be a threat for a medal. There'll be some guys that'll come through, but say this year, next year, he'll still be winning a lot of races, whereas Bevan was sort of going 5th fifth, fifth through 10th maybe 15th or something like that he was not a dominant force unless it was an incredibly hard course um, but I still think when, if, he, if he crosses over when he's say 33 uh, he'll still have plenty of time to win plenty of Kona titles you know look at Crowy, he probably didn't cross over till he was about that age he's um, 40 now so you about then yep.
0: yeah uh, so and Croe wasn't as good as Gomez
1: no, if I was in uh, Gomez's shoes I'd be milking that short course a bit longer okay fair enough, i okay, go long and, and Pete, Pete Jacobs has also got his uh, schedule up on his Facebook page, what he's doing. He's doing the St. George 70.3. He's doing uh, uh, Kona 70.3. He's going, I'm taking him down at that race. Uh, Ken 70.3. John, if you take him down... Although he might, he might crumble. He might crumble. Uh, he's doing Ironman Germany, and he's doing a 70.3 that he normally does in the Philippines pre-conus. So a um, bit of a stock standard sort of peak year. There's um, just the, the one Ironman distance race in there, which I guess he has to finish. Not, which one is it? Um, Germany. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty standard. Yeah, he normally goes and does road. But if you're doing German, Germany, like, you're smacking it, aren't you? You're smacking it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So... Yeah, see how he goes. A bit more pressure on the boy this year. John's out to you update. Uh, last weekend we had the Oceania Championships, and uh, nothing, no, not, nothing amazing going on there. But what was of note well, was so like Peter Kerr from Australia took it out from Aaron Royal and Tony Dodds the Kiwi, and then on the girls, Felicity Abraham took it out from Kate McElroy and Grace Musgrove. But then down there in sixth place we had Sam Wariner. I was going on how what's she been up to, and uh, that's a pretty solid race.
0: Work. Go see more
1: in it. Made the made the front group and Wait, uh, sixth place overall.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So where was she in f in chick-wise?
1: Sixth place in the girls. Oh, in the girls. In, okay. in the elite girls oh, race. So listening. oh that's good. Yeah. Uh, so I kept, lost a couple of minutes there in the the run, but um yeah, half decent return. Nice work. Nice work. Okay, Jumbo. Yeah. This weekend lance. Yeah, I'm not Is that, that interested.
0: No, well I'm interested because okay, so Tim Heming Tim from Youck.
1: It, yeah. It's yeah, just it. me switching off. <laughs> <laughs> do it again? Just switch back on. <laughs> yeah, <I'm not. laughs> Tim Hemming he
0: um he wrote a piece about Chrissy Wellington's basically telling Lance, We don't want you in our sport. And uh in her biography, autobiography. Is it autobiography and you write it yourself? I can never I always never know. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. In the book she wrote or had something to do with. Um He wrote a foreword or something. Yeah, and she's basically saying, If you've got a book, rip it out. Luke Miller, good friend of the show, he's kind of saying, actually, firstly, I, don't, don't, I totally agree with Christy's point about everyone else thinks that she's an amazing athlete, and everyone else thinks she's, like everyone else, thinks she's an amazing athlete. However, it does concern me that even despite the original federal case being dropped and the mounting evidence that she still thought it made sense to have him do, and made it sense for him to have him do the foreword for the book, I know people will say Lance is innocent until proven guilty, but I, th- I would have thought that Christy would have chosen from the hundreds of other people that is unless you want to sell more copies of books by having Lance's name on it. So he's basically saying, really, Chrissy, it's, it's one thing to come out and say, mm. you, know, you know, rip it out and all the rest of it. But at the time when she got the foreword from Lance, most people pretty much thought he was guilty then anyway. Oh, yeah. So then, to, you know, the time frame around when Chrissy's got him to do it on and then, you know, mm.
1: your thoughts, Sean? Oh, I totally agree with him. What was the name again? Luke Miller. Nice work, Luke. He's a legend. Yeah, nice work. I, agree. I totally agree, one hundred percent. Okay. What about you, Bevan?
0: Yeah, I have to admit when I read the piece that Tim wrote, it was a great piece, and we've got it on our website, um, on our Facebook page. Uh, uh, oh, Facebook, I'm <laughs> You should like us by now anyway. <laughs> but um, it's, it's a good piece, and it basically tells the whole story about where, where Chrissy's thoughts and all the rest. Of it. But I have to admit when I was reading it, I was thinking to myself, well, she she got him to
1: do it that close to when this was all mm. happening. I mean, it was the whole the whole time we were going through this weekend, Lance, and he was coming in the sport. I already felt this is kind of fun to be talking about, but you're a bloody
0: cheat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like by this stage, it was only the people who were the hardcores don't even like don't even want to see the evidence. I got like yeah. I got a guy I know, and he still does He still justifies Lance. I'm like, bloody cheat. He goes, yeah, but everyone else was. I'm like, ah, oh, smack you in the face. But um, you know, so I have to. admit, I thought, well. Your timing's not that good on that one Chrissy So so if you've got Maybe I'll get her to comment I'll try Facebook her And get her to comment To say what she says about that Because she may go with Well everyone's innocent To prove and guilty so, Which You know And we should She's, she's wrong Bevan Just say it She's wrong no, no, I, You know what I do think There's a place for that in society John Okay yeah good. I mean? good
1: Sponsor Still sucking up to those girls eh Mate I'm Yeah
0: I'm a wise man
1: <laughs> Yeah uh, hey, Thanks Bevan Yes that's me you lost, oh, I had your 10k race go. You lost a golden opportunity last week. Oh, really? You lost because you were talking goal. it up. You
0: were saying to me, "You go to me, okay?" So the Kashmir Downs Twilight 10k race, you're saying 40, 30, 33, 30 was no, 44, 30, 30 was the goal, wasn't it? Yeah. So you turn up. Your average male was getting in a time of about 46.50. Average females around 50.20. You I know this, John? Do you, do you know what athletics?
1: They got their own and put this result up yesterday and it's already all the results are up there. Good
0: work. And and, and this is F dot com that's why I'm there. Overall average time was forty eight. Mark Bailey, good cross what's he doing nowadays? Uh, he was a really good he's doctor.
1: athlete. It's just running, yeah. Why well, didn't he do a triathlon? He did. Uh, he did a few tried to few a few halves. He was one of those guys that um in the pool could spank out some really good times, come to race, crap. Really? Really crap. Like he did the tarong half a few times and uh yeah, maybe finish towards 10th. And this guy was a yeah, machine. Like he was a machine. He, he, he I think he's in a 62 half. But yeah, yeah, I would think so. Somewhere around that. Surprise. I mean, he he had um top 10s at World Jewathon Champs, but really he probably should have got on the podium. Um yep. and he was a like we had win bike races in Christchurch. Yeah, he won the race. races. Yeah, like not you're yeah, not just, you know, and no one's here. But one of the best runners if not the best runner here and um yeah, but anyway, he's uh, I think he's just running and I think he might have kids now maybe. Doctor He lives down Valley Road Okay yeah, You should say so hello Well I don't think He knows me that well Because
0: okay. I walk past His house often Joe and I do Our loop walk Yeah, yeah. And I walk past His house And he seems to all like cleaning His car Because <laughs> he's always Cleaning his car He's got a couple Of outies And he's always Cleaning And he's got a Car somewhere to do so I was like Oh that's, me. Oh, that's my belly And I give him The old eyes up yeah. You know Just the old yeah, a bit yeah. of a Kiwi thing Eyes up yeah, isn't? Yeah, yeah, eyes yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give him the eyes up And he gives me the Eyes up back But I don't think He even knows Who I am <laughs> Guns Every time I see him running, he is absolutely oh, yeah, gunning a, it. Yeah,
0: is it his sister? I know Rebecca. Really, I know his sister really well, Rebecca. Yeah. And she was a gun athlete as well. She was. She did the Women's Tour de France. She won. Won a stage. Yep. Yeah. So she's, sorry. So back to the back to the ten k. Oh well, we're on attention. I was looking at it. Oh, I'm looking at okay. John Newsome here. Let's have a look.
1: So yeah, t- so, ta- so where are you? <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so, so so here's how it goes. John, what, what frustrates you more when you go to a race and you want oh, you're to have, the race people now? You want to have a like for like comparison, and then they go and change the bloody course. Ah, oh, so, so they like, made it easier, did they? So last year we started and finished in this field. You turn up um, this year, and there's a whole bloody lap of the field you got to do. But that
0: would have made it easier, wouldn't
1: it? No, you had to do a whole lap. That was, it was an extra 180 metres. Oh, they added more to the race. Yeah, and I was like, what's all that
0: about? And it's on the grass. Wait a second, so what did that do for your GPS?
1: It told me it was 180 metres longer than last year. No,
0: but was it actually 10k? Was last year short?
1: Well, no, last year it was 9.95 kilometres, so 50 metres margin rear. You're like, okay. I'm okay with that, especially when it's a little short. Yep. This year, <laughs> 10.16 <laughs> kilometres. But still, that did not account for my pathetic performance. Oh. So it was, a, it was a hot, windy night, very windy. And uh, yeah, last year's time was thirty four. You didn't even podium in your age group? No. I, yeah, I did. I think I did. Wait, didn't. Mark Bailey, Richard Bennett, David Finch. No, that's just, I men. that's just over 35. No, uh, so are these over 35s? Yeah, they're all over 35s. So it's not like it's oh. 35 and over. Some of those guys are quite a bit older.
0: So. <laughs> okay, so it's worse.
1: So it's, it's worse. <laughs> so I'm thinking 34, 40, anything better than that is going to be great. Probably a little optimistic given I haven't really been doing any Phil running. Phil Pedersen was only a minute behind you. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so the race did not go particularly well. And I ran 35, 35, 39, which was 180 metres long. So at the the 10k mark, I was 35 flat. um, And so I was about 20 seconds slower than last year. And at what point did you know "Mm, this ain't happening? Uh, seven k explosion. Oh, really? Yeah. So you actually feeling okay for seven k? Well, no, I wasn't. I wasn't running well, and I knew I was probably running a little bit harder. So the guy that who, who finished and uh, won in front of me, thirty four fifty. I was running with him and another guy until seven k's. Oh, so I lost forty seconds in the last three k's. Wow. <laughs> so anyway, I was um, I was pretty disheartened by it at the time, but uh, realistically, haven't really been doing any running and just didn't have a very good day. Yeah. But just look at it as a good opportunity to get better. That's the way to look at it. And I tell you what, this, athletics is great. It's just a good little wrap-up of your race. Well, so that's what I can, you know, when I come to this, and, and you know when you do races that, that think they change... To, courses or things like that you know what you can go back and just look at a, a sample of people that you normally race against and look at the yeah. time differential so that's you know with the fillinator he was racing there and uh and he did the same race that i did last year so i can now go to my rivals and i can just click on rivals i can find the old fillinator and i click on compare and I can compare athletes, and then it lists all the races that I've done against Phil. So how did he go last year? So last year, um, he was a minute 52 behind me. Last year, he was only a minute? Yes. Exactly. So a nice uh, nice little gain there. He's done some good improvement. Well done, Phil. Yeah. (laughs) So I think it's a bit of a combination of him being about the same or a little bit better, and me being a lot worse. So that's what I like about athletics, compare, you know, I can go through now and look at all the results I've got against Phil by using the rivals, and it'll basically give me the time differential for all of them, and that becomes really cool once you've got a few of the same races against each other, you know, you can go, right, this 5k or this 10k or this triathlon, this was a difference, and uh works, you know, like I beat Phil every time, but, uh, you know, you look at the differences and stuff. If it was a handicap system like golf, yes, he would have beaten you. exactly. Yeah. Yep. So he oh, can say he really won this one. There's you? an opportunity out there for somebody to set up some handicapping system. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, it? I'm, a, I'm a ten under. Ten, I'm a ten under Ironman athlete. Ten under nice. like that, yeah. So anyway, check that out. It is really cool.
0: <laughs> like if you actually do do a race and you kind of look down, you want to geek out on your stats and see what happened with other people. It is. It's a great resource. So
1: Ethlinks.com.
0: If you're not on there, get on there. John, do you, want to, do you want to do discussion of the week before the interview or after the interview? After the interview, that's why I put it after the interview in the show notes. That's a good idea, John. Okay, so interview, we've got Brett Sutton, um, and we have to say big thanks to the Constant Deliverer. Was there his nickname? Oh, Mr. I consistency, remember. I think it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gary Fegan. Yeah. We said to him, we put out the call, didn't we? We mm. said, come on, Fegan, sort it out. He emailed me like two hours later. Yeah. He said, I don't really need your phone message.
1: Yeah. I think he's a bit more professional. I think he's right. probably got a high professional hype. Oh, that's right. Life. That's right. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh, and he said, "Look, here's Sato, Give him an email. Yep, he knows you're coming.
1: Yep. Bang bang,
0: just like that. Out there. Oh, and so we've got Brett Sutton on. And so the big discussion is really around the idea of should we, the community, of a bond together, put put a thousand bucks of your hard-earned money to buy back Ironman. Mm. Let's see what Brett has to say."
1: Righty ho, we've got uh, the man. I think the last time we had on the show gave us almost our biggest ever downloaded show. Yep, you're, you're pretty popular, mate. We can't we can't deny that. We've got, got Brett. Sutton no, no. Back I think it's show. called
2: Infamous. <laughs>
1: nice. <laughs> um, and you've you've stirred up a storm recently uh, by by suggesting that um, WTC should be be taken over by the the community. So really keen to to sort of get your thoughts in a bit more detail on that so i guess a lot of people when they look at you know ironman races at the moment they're going well, wtc is doing pretty pretty bloody well they're they're selling out races um they're growing all the time obviously we'd love to see the pros getting paid a lot more money um and some people grumble about the entry fee but at the same time the races are selling out so where do you sort of see that the wtc is, is really failing at the moment
2: well, we've only got an hour, haven't we? So it's a bit <laughs> hard for me to really uh, go into that. But what what I can say is that I appreciate you boys uh, giving me the opportunity or wanting to know my thoughts because it's very hard, uh, you know, for uh, someone as illiterate as me to uh, get get across a point on the, uh, the Twitter, basically. I don't mm-hmm. do Facebook. Um, so the whole idea is, is nothing new. Um, you know, I've been around, around the sport now. I consider myself not one of the founding guys. You know, I, I come into the sport because it attracted me to what it, what it offered, um, not only to the athlete but to the community, you know. And, and uh, it's not – the first thing is i got everybody saying, oh, you're attacking WTC. Mate, I couldn't give a crap about uh, WTC, to be quite honest with you. They're, they're doing what they have to do, and, and that's where I think everybody gets mixed up. It's not about me raging against WTC – uh, it, it's completely the opposite. You know, you've got people there that they have bosses. Um, I would think everybody that was in WTC at one time were there not because of the money, they're there because they have a love for the sport. So, you know, I wanted to clear that up because it doesn't matter how many times I try to t- say that, we still get the, the blowback that, oh, you know, you want to do this, you want to do that. Mate, I don't race, uh, you know, and I'm coming to the end of my career uh, as, a, as a coach at the elite level. And, you know, the culmination of the Olympics this year basically had me now when I take on or or the team takes on any new athletes, I don't coach them uh, Mm full-time. I have co-coaches. So basically I'm running down my coaching career as face-to-face. I've got a few of the old stalwarts that, uh, you know, I'm going to phase my career out out as they do. So I I just sat down and, and kept thinking, well, you know, people don't understand what the sport could do and I thought you know before I left it if I can create some interest because everybody thinks oh you can't do this you can't do that you you know you can't own WTC what's ridiculous about that oh we'd never be able to be able to do that we don't have a community big enough to do that so these are all furfies that I thought well the best thing is to do is make people aware that you know, they have total control of the sport and they're doing themselves in because WTC uh, has one asset and it's called Ironman and that's it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's the asset. So the, the fact is that it's a company that started off being run by people who love doing it and then become a private entity. Nobody's dirty on the private entities running it, the opportunity arose. But we're at the, with the success of the seventy point three, which has got nothing to do with Ironman, um, it's just grown the company such a stage that if you know, in the future maybe the athletic community will not be able to uh, take it over. And so I see this as the last opportunity from a business point of view. And as you met Alex, he's a businessman and and he understands things much better than me. But, you know, at the present moment, the mathematics is such that the community, if it really had a will and desire to run its own sport, still has that capability. That might not be the case in five years' time.
1: You sort of put some numbers out there in terms of, of how you think it might work. You know, you said if 5,000 people get another two people to, to to buy into this and then those two people get another two people, I think that gives you about 35,000 people. How would you actually see this, this happening, you know, in terms of do you have any idea what the value of the company is and, and how it might actually pan out?
2: Well, the value of the company is depends whether the athletes would like to do an honorable takeover or they want to be a dishonorable one, because the actual com- the community is 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 the asset yeah so, selling, so for me it, yeah. for me it's very, very simple you know that you know the private equity firm, no matter which way you want to slice it, uses other people's money to basically turn a profit now. They're basically made a decision that they've got to basically squeeze as many dollars as they can out of their asset, which is what they do, and nobody s- takes them to task about it. Doesn't care what what your politics are, or, you know, whether you're corporatization or whether you're a capitalist or whether you're a socialist. It doesn't matter. The fact is that's how it is, and that's why I've got no beef with WTC at all. I'm just saying what we do is we 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 overtake WTC in a normal business transaction that the equity partners most likely do twelve a year. And you make them an offer that you, they either is fair and equitable. You find out what they paid for it, and say, "Okay, that's very nice. We will offer you exactly the same amount of money." And uh, you're going to get out of it, no drama. Uh, so for me, that's that's the way I go better. So when we talk about figures, we then we then address the the most important thing where people say, "Oh, well, It's, it's got to be worth sixty million. It could be worth $80 million. Well, okay, say so it is, and let's use the sixty million as A benchmark. I don't know how much they pay for it. It doesn't really matter. Let's say eighty million. Now, if you're if you're a triathlete, last year, I would say, maybe between eighty thousand people raced in a race. Mm -hmm. Everybody paid seven hundred dollars minimum. They mostly did a second race, was an I, which is mostly the seventy point three. And what's what the drive is now at WTC is to make everybody do an extra race. Mm -hmm. So that because they believe well that's extra turnover, so somebody's mostly paid twelve hundred dollars in entry fees. Okay, now if you you have a look at it, say say sixty thousand people paid twelve hundred dollars in entry fees around the world last year. And remember, it's called World Triathlon. It's not World anymore. What we've done is as as a company, we've looked at it and said, okay, we've got to cut the fat off. We don't make a profit in Asia, so our races are now gone from. 8 to 2 mm. uh you know we pay lip service to uh europe we have a situation where you know we had the olympic gold medalists couldn't get a start in races and that's, and she actually went out of her way long as she stayed in europe to qualify for the 70.3 world championship and qualify for the 5150 but because europe is a nonity in in our business plan that you know if you want to qualify for these races you have got to go racing in the USA because we've got two points races, and then we have then we have the problem with in some points races in America, you can qualify for the 70.3 doing the 5150. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so the, so the inequality is unbelievable. So the first thing you do is you'd make it not so USA centric without shrinking USA, but you would look at it as a, a world sport and that's what I'm trying to get across to people. It's your sport. you have a great opportunity. If you use your own numbers for one year, there's sixty million dollars. Mm. Even if you cut it down to a thousand, if you do a, a seventy point three, you guys do them, so yep. you know better than me. Seventy point three, and you did Ironman New Zealand. How much did you pay for the year? Yeah, you'd be looking there's, at yeah about is All hundred. All right, twelve hundred. Okay. Well, you don't have to be Einstein to work out What's sixty thousand times twelve hundred.
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So uh, sixty million. Yeah, in terms of um, – you, you're going to need a, a driver for this, obviously. And, and do you see this being more of a an ITU-type organisation or yeah, is it yes, going to so be yeah. a standalone sort of
2: – No, I, I think what you've got the opportunity in triathlon is unique. And I've been in about eight or nine different sports that everybody's saying about TV deals. Everybody's saying about we've got to get sponsors. Meanwhile, we're now getting sponsored by earbuds at our greatest ever race. Mm. You know best. what I mean? It, yeah, Nobody wants to – yeah, or well, Fletcher Grant's sunglasses. You can get five pair at Walmart for $1.50. Mate, we've, what they don't understand is – and I found that when Alex has been with me, he's taken me around to some of these big players that, that's got money, real money, that want to get involved in the sport, okay? And yeah, this is yeah. where it becomes a double-edged sword. They won't put their brand there because it's cheap. They don't want to see – they don't want to put their brand where a guy gets – You know, $500 for 10th in an Ironman? It's embarrassing Mm. for the company. These brands, these big companies go out of their way to develop the brand and the image that they have. And so they can't realize at WTC why all of a sudden the bigger brands are all leaving them. Meanwhile, they keep making it more niche. They keep dropping the prize money. Now you bust your gut all day for sixth. Uh, You know, if you don't finish sixth you don't get any money. If you do finish six, you don't get any money anyway. So the problem the problem we have is the, the diminishing returns of the sport is because we're keeping it to a profit-driven business model. And all I'm saying is that has to happen. So I want people to understand, let's look at it from the other side. Say we didn't have to make a profit. Say people bought in for that 1000 and they become a, a ticket holder. So that they, they, they're basically a custodian of the sport. Okay, I don't care if you pay them back by saying next year you get a free race. Mm-hmm. Okay, all of a sudden you take away the mentality of how are we going to make a profit? And then we can talk around, around it. How do we make the stakeholders in the sport? One is the age groupers, one is the pros. The second is the interns and volunteers. How do we make it a better sport for those guys? And in turn, once you do that, you will enhance your sport and you will grow the sport in a different manner. So instead of the participants being gouged, and that's what's happening now, and, I, and again, I don't blame WTC. They've got a business to run. But if you've got those people in those positions and say, guess what, we don't, we don't, we don't care if you shrink the incoming uh, finances by 50%, but we want to make everybody in the sport very happy. Okay. If we did that and then said, what we will do is we'll find our financing from a different business model, all of a sudden the whole thing had changed direction. We wouldn't have to go out and beg for sponsors. Okay. You would find them, they would come begging to you. Once they had a business model, that they could get behind. Uh, and and that's the, that's the thing. When I sit in the when I sat in offices trying to sell Team 2BB, and that's why we split the Team 2BB up, okay, well, it's not one team anymore. It's a bunch of entities at grassroots level, so we can actually contact and be with uh, the people that we want to within the sport. But the bigger reason why is the same as why Team Abu Dhabi gets dusted. Commerce Bank lasts a year and a half because for a big corporate player there is just no continuity within the race season at all and so when you want a big sponsor they want to know what's going to happen what it's going to look like what's the feel what we're going to produce to to basically enhance our brand they're not interested mate, in seeing uh some business model where you know Oh this guy's going to sponsor this race. But then in Europe there's another race and it's sponsored by a completely different bunch of guys. They want to see Formula 1. They want to know, they don't matter whether they go to Qatar, whether they go to England, whether they go to Spain, whether they go to Brazil, it all got to look the same. And it's all got to be run with the same sponsors. And it's all got to have a look and feel that's going to enhance their company. And so what I'm trying to say is by the very method that we're using at the present moment, is shrinking our sport till it's becoming a niche sport. It's a niche sport because we're pushing it to a new sport because the business model is more profit-driven than expanding the sport. And so what I'm saying is for one year, the people that competed last year in triathlon, what for one year of entry fees, we could control the sport. And so what entity you said, well, you need some. You've already got the entity, WTC's there. You just put the board over the top of that and maybe bring a commissioner in, someone like me that's not as infamous, but someone that understands that you can't have a ex-pro athlete running stuff, but somebody that actually knows about three or four different things other than how you cross the finish line, because that's the next problem. You know, everybody seems, well, the, the athletes will know what to do, Mate, the athletes don't know what to do. And the better they are, the more narcissistic they are as people. And you know I've spent more time with any one of them than anybody else. I've had more champions in my groups ever. Hey, the reason why they're champions is because they, I do what's best for me. That's what makes half of them better than everybody else. They have absolutely no problems at all to do what's best for me. Now, everybody thinks they hang up their swim togs and completely change. They never changed. You still got them out there racing now, and they're fifty. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We'll have a challenge. Dave Scott, Mark Allen, or whatever. <laughs> they don't. They're still. You know the difference between them now and thirty years ago? They're pensioner professional athletes. <laughs> That's why I laugh about them when they talk about coaching. They haven't got a clue about coaching. Never got a clue about it.
1: So you obviously talked to Alex, you know, a lot about this. Is this something that he thinks is, um, you know, it's all it all sounds wonderful. You just you add up the numbers and you go, okay, that could that could, you know, a thousand bucks per person that could work. I mean, does he think this is something that's realistic and and the people out there that actually, you know, you're going to have to have yeah, quite is a of
2: something people, that you actually
0: plan to make happen.
2: Yeah, who's gonna, going to? Pitch- well, look the t- I've talked to Alex because you know he 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 come from another world and he did come from the banking industry, yeah. and he did he did look after a two billion dollars portfolio or something. So of course he says it's that easy, but the actual punter doesn't understand how easy it is. Mm. You know he said with one or two people brought in, it could run completely off the back of what's already been run there now. So that's from his perspective. I don't want to put words in his mouth because he's a bit like, S- Sato, you've talked to me about this from the man I've met, met you, you know what I mean? He said, you know, I don't think, my problem is, and, Alex, and this is what Alex said, he said, I think people are up, they're in the higher uh, income bracket and he said, I think the inertia is, well, I don't care, what's a $1,000 to me? So we really, you know, why rock the boat? Because it's not going to make any difference to me. Mm. Um, and And I, you know, maybe I'm an idealist and I thought, well, you know, to me, I just think that people don't understand that they could have a process in place where we don't have to be the sports. It's like the drug thing. You know, I just keep looking at WTC and thinking this could be the greatest sport. This could be the sports leader because we haven't got Olympic rings, so that means we don't have to do dud drug tests and pee in a bottle, which went out 45 years ago. Um, we, we could actually do real drug testing, and we could say, guess what? You get caught out unequivocally in our sport. Life. Never again. gonski. You know, that's you know, the beautiful thing about it being a private sport, that if you took it over, then you could lead the way. And because it hasn't been monetized, because they haven't found the right business model to do that, other than to gouge the people that are already in the sport, that you could do such wonderful things that it could it could be a leader in the sports of how you can organize it because it is a participation versus pro sport. They work together. And it's wonderful and you don't get it in any other sports. There is the demarcations, as you said before, the ITU, we need a board. You don't need anything. What, What you need is the people that are already at WTC to change focus from, okay, how much profit can we rip out of here? How much money can we ask for our race to go and say, well, we'd like a race here. We have... We have a race we don't have to go and gouge people for a quarter of a million to get their race there So we'd like to have a race here this is how we'd like to do it you could rechange the whole configuration and to do it oh it costs a lot of money I'll give you another thing the process Mate, active.com don't don't you where do you sign up for your yeah uh, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so you don't think I could ring up the guys at active I know a couple of them say guys do you still want to do this when we take it over so let's do this for free I'm going to put out an entry form and you've got fifty thousand people going to put a thousand bucks in it <laughs> that's how simple it is that's that's how simple it is uh, you know what I mean and then you basically have a group where you'll have somebody representing from big business that knows what they're doing. You have maybe one of the average guys uh, shall we say age groupers not the not the Professional age grouper that you know, just a normal mum and dad guy uh, that's got a kid and is using the sport to make himself better. And then you have you know a professional on it, and then you look for someone, as I said, something like a commissioner that's going to run it. And that's it. And then all that does is sit with WTC, and you change the strategy. It happens in business about forty times a year. Uh, it's not a big thing, and that's what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not against WTC. I'm not against. What's it, provincial equ- equities or whatever they are? I'm just saying it's just a straight a straight situation where we've got a group of sport that um, is just sitting there and doesn't realize the power they've got. And I thought, well, the last thing I want to do before I move on is at least open people's eyes to what could happen if they got off their ass and were serious. It doesn't mean you've got to have... A thousand people making decisions, not at all. But what we want is we want to know that our company is making the decisions. How many think? How many people do you think pick the team at Barcelona Football Club? But Barcelona Football Club can never be overtaken by any business because it's owned by the hundred and twenty thousand season ticket holders. Now I don't think they tell the coach who to pick in the team, but they have their tickets and they own the club. And basically, the club is run, and that's why it's one of the best clubs in the world because it's run for its members. Mm. And the members vote once a year on getting, if they didn't like the people I had in there, they get them out, put a new lot in. But they don't have the day to day running of the club. They got no idea what's going on. Okay, they don't pick the teams. And so, but it's a business model, or, or shall we say, a sport model that works wonderful. You know, and then you see in their, you know, that's why in the front of their jerseys they've got, you know, the foundations, and they're helping UNICEF and stuff like that because they're not they're not as bound to the financial restrictions that we have to make a profit brings with it.
0: The the Green Bay Packers do the same thing. I think they're a publicly um, traded sports team, but I, I just wonder maybe. Um, where where would you want the sport to be then? Let's say this. Let's say in the ideal world, you managed to pull this off, and you know, two years from now, suddenly, you know, it does go back to the you know the the people who are the sport, the you know the age groupers and the pros, and you know the mar and pars and all the rest of it. What yep. what what would you want to, the sport to evolve into or back to? Maybe even in.
2: Well, I think I think the sport go back to yeah go back to the future. What it was, it was an innovative sport to start with. Okay that's the first thing. It was about lifestyle and fitness, okay. It wasn't about a bunch of fifty year olds being a full time professional athlete okay if you want to race pros go on the pros they sell you a season ticket now if you want to have a if you want to buy a pro card and you want to put you know put it in your uh, if you're a banker and you want to take it to the nightclub of a Friday night and impress people i'm a pro athlete because I don't know if there's nine hundred cards sold I don't know nine hundred pro athletes. <laughs> But that's another one we can get, you know, let's not get into that one. But this is all the problems that you have. That So you you watered down the effectiveness of what you've already got. What would I like to do? The first three things I would do is, A, our other stakeholders are the people that we're putting races on. I don't think if you went back and renegotiated all the deals of where the races are and give them a 50% discount, I don't think they'd be very unhappy. I don't think they turn around and say, oh, well, we don't want to do that or we won't sign a new five-year deal. So you've got stability. They've got two-year deals because everybody, they're gouging so much money out of places um, that, you know, they're thinking, well, can we get by next year? Can we get by next year? There needs to be a settled, a settled situation. So the first thing I do is I'd be going to the age group, is right, all entry fees are cut in half. If if you want to pay the extra, it goes into a social fund with one of our charities that we're supporting. Okay, and the second thing is the the pro athletes, we come to a number out of, out of the... Uh, the prize money will be X amount of dollars of turnover. So just mm-hmm. like the basketball players, just like the baseball players, just like the basketball players, but they're all on 50%. Well, let's say this is a poor sport, so let's say it's 20%. You know, so all of a sudden, that if there's a race that's turning over four million, 20% has got to go to the prize money, and you pay down deep and you pay properly. So it's not about paying like everybody's saying me. Abu Dhabi so fantastic. You know, I sit there and laugh. Tenth place got a thousand dollars. These people just don't understand us. People can't eat doing that. I've got people train six hours a day, bust their ass, there's forty great guys there. Mate, you can't you can't build up a professional pro and and every year it's getting stronger and stronger in the guys. So, you know, to go to a race and get six where you race eight hours all day is fantastic and you're pulling $500. It's cost you 500 to get there. It costs you another 300 in in um, hotel bills, another 200 in – we had a guy – give, I'll give you a tip. One of my guys this year busted his ass for three and a half years, and what all he wanted to do was get on a podium at an Ironman. And there he was. He got on his podium. He got third at Florida. Okay? Third. He made fifty dollars, <laughs> <laughs> but he's a professional sportsman. Yeah, he's a professional sportsman. You know what I mean? I had another guy that spent the same fifteen hundred to get there and got seventh. It was the greatest race of his life. You know, we have to. You know, like I can't see the fifty thousand people think that's good for their sport. Do you think a uh, Do you think a Samsung wants to? You know have some idiot like me get on the Twitter and say, oh, great, Samsung, you're a big company and we just paid $50 to the guy that got third? Mate, they're not that silly. Do they you, don't want it to have nothing to do with that shit.
1: Do you like the, um, I mean, the ITU format now, let's not, not talk necessarily about ITU as yep. what they do as an organisation, but now they've sort of got, um, you know, Eight, eight or seven or eight sort of key races and and they they get pretty you know every every race is basically stacked they are looking to innovate a bit in terms of some of the formats they're doing this year the prize money is is still is, is, is better but it's still not you know you're not going yeah. to become a millionaire but do you like the way they're going and, and is that sort of and modelled almost work a little bit off in terms of having, you know, Mac has often, often talked about having, you know, Grand Slam, having less races with um, big money with with everybody there?
2: Well, you know, I, I actually put out something that I've had for like four or five years because we were looking at, well, we don't want to spend too much money and it's all, you know, <coughs> because we're a poor thing. So I did a, I did a situation where – I'll send it to you if you like, because I was going to print it on another website, so people just didn't think it's all a Team TBB thing. Because what I'm talking about's got nothing to do with Team TBB, basically. You know, mm, this is just bigger picture. When I do, yeah, when I do a bigger tweet, I just can't <laughs> write. You know, people say they can't understand what I write now in 140, so I write two. <laughs> two-page tweet nobody gets it so i put it on our website and i think sometimes that's that's reflecting poorly not from what i'm saying but people think oh well it's a team to be initiative Mm. Uh, well it isn't uh but i can tell you i put together a race schedule and people have seen it like for the last six years and it had 20 pro races um and we did it two ways we had three levels you had kona or world championships depending on how you want to play it and then we had four majors and uh, then we had 20 races which we called the premier division and then we had 10 races called first division and basically you moved up through the ranks just like football or whatever so the uh, the 10 lowest level races had a hundred thousand dollars with of prize money in the next 10 had two hundred thousand dollars worth of prize money the majors each had a million dollars each in it and then the world championship said i don't know off the top head two million or whatever and paid down to a decent amount of money so uh, each of those races paid to 12 deep each were not top heavy what we did was the only place that was really top heavy was half a million dollars at kona if we if kona was the the way to go um and so basically we did a calendar year and we moved around so you you know you look in in australia you had and then we we do these on the traditional races. You know how we've just got rid of the traditions? Mm. So races that have been wonderful races now are looked upon as just, oh, sorry, somebody at the Upper Lumpus Street just give us you know X amount of dollars. So now we're going to put all the points into that race because you know they want us to get people there. and we don't want to put prize money in to bring people. So what we'll do is we'll use the points and we'll hold that over their head so you can't go to Kona if you can't come and race in a substandard never-done race before so you can see it's the same problem you see i would have uh, the major races would be one in asia pacific and and that might switch between each year you've got new zealand and you've got this big australian race It, it used to be foster uh they shifted to port macquarie now that's that's a secondary race because now melbourne's come in ridiculous course but you know they're giving us money and so bang we've got to be now melbourne's the big thing and everything else is second rate city um you know what i mean so You know, the plan is very easy. I've already done one, and it's the same as when you go to Europe. You know, you've got Frankfurt, you've got Roth, you've got Switzerland. It's a second-class citizen when they they look at the races, and you've got Nice. Now, they could swap around every year. The major can be in each one of those races each year. So then all the races are happy. They're going to get a big race. They're going to get a million-dollar race once every three years, okay? And if there's four races that we think deem necessary – well, they're going to switch around on a 4 lately basis. You go to America, you know, now Texas has taken over as the huge race and we were going to do New York before everybody realized it's impossible. So what do they bring to the table apart from money? Hmm. Meanwhile, we've had some fantastic races. Look at, look at Penticton. Hmm. Why, well, Why did that leave? I'll tell you why it left, because it felt disregarded. It felt like, you know, all the tradition meant nothing. That's just that race up in Canada drive me insane. You know, I don't know, maybe they didn't want to fly there. But they left because they weren't loved. And it's one of the great traditional races. You've got the other race in New York, upper state New York. They've had it for years. Why don't you embrace those places instead of just saying, well, okay, we're going to downgrade your points. We're going to downgrade your money. Um, because it doesn't suit our financial interests. So you pick one of the four races in America and you revolve it around and say, bang, 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 this is what we're going to do. Then you develop up South America and you have some races there. So, you know, there is not hard to do, and what you're doing is doing what's not happening at the moment. You know, why should Austria now be a downgraded race? I don't understand that. You know, you go to Austria, and, you know, I hear Greg... Well, saying oh we're in America Oh, the crowd's going wild there's 33 around the beer tent and 3 dogs (laughs) you go to Austria and you run 42k and it's 5 deep the whole 42k of people I don't think any Americans understand that it's 5 deep you go to the top of the hill some 60k at Roth Mm. away from anything and here's party city there's 30,000 people sitting getting drunk on the hill I don't think the American age group understand what, you know, a real atmosphere and happening triathlon could be. And so, you know, I just think that that would change dramatically if we had an American major, if we had a European major, if we had a a Pacific major. Do you know what I mean? I think... And there was a million-dollar race. You know, and then... Same as Ironman, go to Kona, you know, if I could shift it back to December or November, that's what you'd do so people can have the year off. Yeah. But now what we've got is people trying to pinch it, trying to get points. And so, you know, for me, if you did do two Ironman, you shouldn't qualify for Kona because guess what? You're not an Ironman. You've got Greg Bennett trying to qualify through to 5150 because, you know, I don't want to do them Ironman, they hurt. <laughs> And I can say that because I trained a guy. I know the guy. We got on great. But I mean, this is the problem you got. Or you got people saying, well, how can I do an Ironman? Well, how can I do as little as possible of Ironman to qualify for Ironman? And this is the one thing where I seem to run against people. They say, oh, but what about the 70.3? Mate, I'm talking Ironman. I'm interested in Ironman. Okay? The Ironman is an entity to itself, it's something that we should hold sacred. We should, something we should build up and make the rest of the world in the corporate world realize this is the hardest nonstop race in the world. There's our marketing. Where else do you go to work for eight hours a day? Yeah. What do you do? It doesn't matter. With your car mechanic work at a bank, the average people work eight hours a day. Well, guess what? Nobody works a harder eight hours a day than the Iron Man. And they should be made into superstars. Now, you make them into superstars and then they'll be playing for $500,000 a tournament for the first win. Yeah. You know? It, it's simple. People say, oh, but tennis. I remember back in tennis, I had the good fortune, speaking to Rod Laver, and he said when they first started off, there was 32 guys. They all got paid the same money. If they ran first, second, and third, they got a bit extra. But the first two years to get it done, it was a collective of the pros. They all got money so they could live while they got the tennis circuit underway. Have a look at it now.
1: Mm.
0: We're just stopping for a second to put a sponsor in. So, John, sponsor.
1: SLS Tri have got the Tri suits, the IM Talk Tri suits, and they're going to have the um, two-piece up there in the next couple of days. So if you want to get yourself an IM Talk FX, SLS tri suit, 150 bucks. Um, can't use the promo code. It's already been discounted. Their tri suits are normally 185 dollars, um, but you can get one for 150 dollars. So, girls and girls and boys, and uh, got two piece as well, uh, and that's coming up. So, get on to SLStry.com and get yourself looking stylish this year. Nadine voice had a suggestion. We should make it make a girly suit as well. Have like a pink version, and who knows, we may do that I one think that's day. That's a good idea. Yeah, we might. I'd wear it. yeah Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. a ghillie suit. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, John um, Hellman's didn't. He's a legend. I was, I was when, I, when we were biking the ten k last week. I said to Phil, "Wouldn't I look like a deck if I turned up to this running race and wore a tri suit?" You suit, and did you? No, I did not.
0: Oh. <laughs> how, how much does it cost you to enter the race?
1: Uh, that one was only um, ten bucks if you're affiliated. I think it was twenty if you were non-affiliated. Thirty if you mucked around and didn't get in on time. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, SLS got all, are going to basically be doing orders of tri suits about three or four times through the year. So it's basically order, get it in March, and then um, and then will uh, be sort of they might have carry a bit of stock, and then they'll do another order um, later on in the year. If you're doing any of the North American Ironman races or any of the um, uh, hits try series they will be I think at pretty much all of those and there'll be some samples there if you want to to try on um if you but but basically if you've got any questions around sizing or anything like that just get in touch with Sebastian and the guys at SLS and they will sort you out but yeah be awesome to see more people wearing the IM Talk race suits
0: Oh yeah, and they're pretty cool. Mm. You know what I mean? Like when
1: the people send the photos, and they are pretty cool. And that's the thing—you may get the chance. Well, you get—you go on the IM Talk photo gallery, which I updated the other day because somebody else isn't doing it. Uh, is it, is it. Is it like a bit of a dig? Just, just, just a little, little one. <laughs> uh, and you may well get the chance to be on the homepage of I Am Talk for a week. Oh, okay. I, I need to know that too. Well, you, people seen a pictures. Oh no! I, I, most most of the time, I
0: put the pictures. in Mountain Now he was up there last he gets week. gets on there all the time because he's he's he in the most photos. Actually, last week I
1: searched for his photo. Oh okay. Because I talked about the photo on the show. So yeah. So check it out: iseliestrai. dot com um, for I am Talk try suits. And while you're there, get yourself a bit of compression gear for the season ahead. Okay, let's get back to Brett. A couple of other changes that have recently been well suggested, um and I think some of it comes from your camp. We we had John Hallamans on the uh on the show on, on the Legends podcast recently and he was saying maybe uh it'd be a good idea for, for, for Iron Man to go drafting. So that was one question I had for you. Second and third ones would be um you also talked. We had Scott DeFilippis. Um, we saw that suggested maybe having a like a midday start time, so you'd have the the elites finishing at uh, you know around about eight o'clock in the evening. And I guess the third one would be: um, Do you see a concept where you could have like a multi-lap course? You know, say in Coney, you might have a twenty-k bike circuit, so they come past nine times. Are those sort of innovations that you think would would work, or are you would you like well, to keep I, I things more this, traditional?
2: Well, I think I think the three things. There's a good way to describe that. There's three ways. Is when you, and again, we wouldn't be putting. If we run it, I wouldn't be putting three thousand people on a bike course. It's got a, you know, it's not safety. That's that's an issue that's going to come in the sport that nobody's addressing at the present moment. But uh, the last three years, we've lost more triathletes than we have professional fighters, Mm. and nobody's thought about that yet. So, that's the that's the smoking gun. In the in, that people haven't realized yet. When you put 2,000 people in the water together, it's scary. Mm. And people are not dying in the runs. They're dying in the swims. Mm. Now, we've all heard the story, we're scared to death, and that's what's happening. Now, I know because I've been involved in that. I used to be in a sport where people, you know, it was, it was within the law, they could kill you. So, <laughs> But that sport is no longer as dangerous as doing a triathlon. Now I don't want to be alarmist, but it's time for us to look at the safety aspect. So of course, if we own the race as a as a shall we say capitalist entity, if we can get two thousand on that course, it's better than if we get fifteen hundred. Mm-hmm. And if the course is only built to do a thousand, well, if we can fit two thousand on, we just shut our eyes to the, you know, problems and say, Well, you know, it'll be okay if nobody gets killed. Mate, that that to me is obnoxious. And, you know, for someone from my position, for the age groupers, I think it's impossible. Now, where does that lead? What I'm saying is we need to go back to have uh, staggered starts. We need to have manageable amounts of people on the course at any one time. We need to go back to some courses with age groupers where it's a one bike loop because the multi-bike loops create havoc to some people. But in saying that, I agree with you, there's certain little things. Now, when we talk about logistics, if you've got 2,000 on a bike course, of course the age groups are going to be drafting. You can't get away from it. But then again, you can't do a multi. One of the things that, you know, I'd possibly do in one or two of the races for the pros is, yes, you do a multi thing and they, they swim some, they bike some, they run some, and then they swim some again, they bike some, and then they run some, and then you can say draft all you like because by the time you got to the last one, you know, if you couldn't swim, if you've got a weakness somewhere, you're going to get found out. But you couldn't really do that to the age group, is because A, you can't put a wetsuit on and dive back in the water. It's dangerous if you're not super fit. So, if you you know, once again, that's what I'm saying where a commission is needed. There is those, uh, shall we say, practicalities that someone like myself understand that some of the pros find it very difficult to dive back into the water uh, if they're not a strong swimmer. Mm. You know, there's there's medical issues there. So, you know, for me I know John 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 is a legend by the way and yeah. uh, but the thing is he hasn't gone into Iron Man either for that reason. He, he is know. this year though. He's qualified and yeah. he's going. It's taken him a while. <laughs> <laughs> Pass that on to him, I says, is that time? <laughs> now look, I think boys, one of the things that Iron Man's got about it is this wonderful ability uh that it is a a a human development you know mm. anybody that takes on and this is the other part of the story anybody that takes on an iron man they're doing it because they want to change their life if we take the pros out of it okay we look after the pros we give them 20 percent of the money so straight away let's take away the pros. so anyway we'll finish the pros off so the circuit i got okay for 10 million dollars you've got a 25 or 20 race whichever i think it was 25 race circuits Okay, so some of the races, you don't need to have pros. You say, this is where you go. And you qualify from the lowest level. So you want to get up into the higher money. It's your prize money you get when the lower level. Yep. You know, instead of saying, here's your points, we'll say, how much money did you earn last year? And then you move up to grades. And so then all of a sudden, out of the first two grades, you can qualify to do a major. And then if you qualify to do the major and you do well, you qualify to go to Kona. You know, so it's very simple. Everybody knows what's going on. It's not points. You know, everybody knows that it's an Ironman, so we want you to do an Ironman. So we want you to do two of them because that qualifies you as going to the final and be an Ironman. Uh, You know, if if you're not an Ironman, back in the old days, those guys used to do five of them or whatever. I remember Scott Tinley used to put his hand up and take the check every year. He'd do best seven. (laughs) But he knows, you know, I'm a dope and he knows everything. So when my athletes do five Man, you're, you're a crazed maniac. Well, back in the day with Mark Allen, they were all doing that many. You know, so it, it's just that people don't look at it in the right perspective. So if we get the pros out of the road. You know, there's $10 million there that could be used for prize money tomorrow. That's what upsets me. When I talk to Andrew Messick, that's what upset me. You know, You can give them a business model and say, Well, there's 10 million now on what you're already doing now without changing anything. Now, let's put it in the pros. Oh, well, we don't really see the pros as being that important. They have their place, and that's quote unquote. They have their place. Obviously, he's been standing too close to Graham Fraser. He's only gotten a job. Next thing he's drinking the Kool Aid. (laughs) You know, that we don't need pros. They think they don't need pros. And again, as a they don't need pros if they want to make it a legitimate, if they don't want it to be a legitimate sport. And and the problem is WTC, okay, is a business with a facade of sport is its business. It's no different than Nike, you know, Nike, we're in the sport. No, you're in the business and you sell shoes that people run and walk around in. And see, people don't view WTC as that at the present moment. And, you know, So that's what I'm trying to get people to understand. Hang on. Let's take two steps back. We have 290,000 followers for WTC, and they're not following Ironman sport. They're following Providence Equity Mm. Liability Company or whatever they want to limit (laughs) it. That's what they don't get. They think they're looking at Ironman. They're not. People don't love WTC. They love Ironman. Now, all I'm saying is I want to have a situation where Iron Man can completely run itself, be its own sport entity, not be beholden to to uh, business, not to be beholden to the drugs policy that cheats. We can actually run our own race. We can compete against the pros. We can have great races. Let's go to the next big hobby horse of mine, Kona. Why should you be allowed to go to Kona because you happen to be able to train eight hours a day when you're a 50-year-old? And somebody that's got two kids, a wife, trying to change his life up, okay, trains 10 hours a week when he can, and he's competed and, and completed an Ironman. Why can't that guy, unless he pays a fortune or wins the lottery, why can't he go to Alcona? What a load of shit is that? That's your, <laughs> see, that's your, that's your demographic, and then I just get to see, you know, and he told me about it when we had the meeting. We're going to have the elite, elite age groupers. That's where we're going. And everybody will know where they are in the world on the list. Mate, I wouldn't even put first, second, or third in the pro rate in the age groups. If I was running the prize money for the age groupers, I'd be drawing it out of a hat and making a lottery. So people understand the sport is about lifestyle. Our sport is going to change people. That's the thing our sport can do, you know, and nobody's looked at it. We're talking about obesity. We're talking about no to drugs. We're talking about no to violence. We're talking about environmentally friendly. That's us. So, that's, so, we are the sport that's made for that.
1: So you're, you're sort of saying there that you'd have the pro race at Kona, but the, the the age group race would be a bit of a lottery system as opposed to a, a qualifying.
2: Totally. Totally. Interesting. Totally. If they want to have the elite thing, let them run the same day as the pros. Why, why can't they run the other race on Saturday and have – Two thousand people that have completed an Ironman go into the hat, and each year. And once you've done it once, that's your holy grail. You don't go on the hat the next time. Mm. But so we can get a much, all of our people can experience Kona. So okay. I suppose,
0: I suppose, what you're saying, Brett, is that ultimately, is WTC? I found their foundation is how do we make profit, and they make decisions around that. You're saying let's start an organisation that says how do we promote all that stuff you talk about, the environment. You know, lifestyle and all that stuff, and then what? How? Did, what kind of decisions come from that place? Yes, yeah. yes,
2: and that's how the sport was. That's how it started. That's how it got me interested. These wankers used to hang around my joint, and come in and have a swim, and then do this little race and stuff. And then I, you know, and I've got I've got all these fantastic swimmers in the pool going up and down, and I was the hard ass swim catch. And then all these guys, you know, and I'd see them. They were all a motley crew. They were different shapes. They are different sizes. they do their thing. they do their little race. And they'd have a little barbecue. And I thought, wow, isn't that wonderful? And they said, yeah, you know, I'm changing my life. I, you know, I used to be a fat pig and, I, you know, I found triathlon and it's made me this. And, you know, and other guys, you say it, de me. Mate, our sport is a one-off. And all I'm saying is you can't go buy basketball. It's gone. You can't go, go buy baseball and whatever. Mate, they're just public, they're public entities for corporates. We can, we can hold our sport by ourselves and make the corporate entity what we want it to be. You know, we don't have to sell out through our own weight of numbers. You know, we're a participation sport. You know, how many other sports are in that zone? Situation, they're all controlled by you, as you said, ITU, which you know they're trying to do the best job they can, which is lovely. But again, there we go again. So, ITU trying to do a long course series. Then we got 5150. Why are we doing 5150? Well, it's a revenue gainer. So, yes, would I say cut it? I'd say let's take it to the ITU and say, Here, take it. This is not, we're Iron Man, we'll run your long distance competition if you like. Uh, you know, but people say to me, Well, you know, Challenge is going to do this and Rev3 is going to do that. Hey, I get on great with the challenge. But the fact of the matter is, the bottom line is that somebody's got to make some money somewhere. So, is that any different in the end? No. Now, nobody's trying to crush anybody. I try to bring them all under the one thing and say, okay, you've got the Olympic rings. Lucky you. You keep doing the ITU, not fight them all the time. Mm-hmm. I'd say, beautiful. Anybody who wants to do short races? We'll put an ITU race on before our met. You know, Ironman is not, it's being watered down. And that's 70.3. Well, that's great if you want to train and run. But, you know, that's like the guy saying to me, oh, do you see those short guys go long? That ain't long. That's a, that's a basic, you know. I had, Nicolò did a half Ironman 13 days before the Olympics. I really don't think I did it because I wanted to try to take a speed away from the short race. It's a good training day. And so for me, why should we be elevating that to it's nearly as important as Ironman? We have to make Ironman, if we want to sell it to the public, we want to sell it to the corporates that we want to bring on board. And we interview these guys, not, you know, let's go find some money somewhere. You know, no, they come to us because they said this is a sport now that's organized in such a way that our social responsibility part of our company is going to love this sport because this is about environment. This is about health. This is a message they're sending out. Mm. These are the messages that Ironman can bring that none of the other sports can. You know what I mean? Look, look at these superstar athletes. They train six hours a day every day. They race eight hours. See, what happens, mate, is you diminish the strength of your brand, by doing what they're doing at the present moment. And the first things that leave are the big corporates. Now, they're basically gone. Mm-hmm. You don't see Gatorade knocking on the door saying, please, can we put our stand up anymore? You know, because they've got nothing to sell. And so the the problem is we need to have an image change. Now, I think there's 50,000 people out there who have that environmental, this has changed my life, This has helped my life be a better thing. This has helped me educate my kids about education on food and obesity and what they should and shouldn't be eating. You know, people get me wrapped up with the pro athletes. People don't know. When I started, I started with six kids that were all between the ages of 15 and 16, I think, or whatever, or 16 or whatever. And I started with those motley age groupers. And they taught me what the sport was about, and that's why we carried on with it. You know, so for me... I just seen the sport as a complete divergence to what I was doing because I was a professional swimming coach and it was all the winner, the winner, the winner. The beautiful thing about triathlon, I was talking to my good friend, Dr. Valdez, and he said, you know, it's changed his family. Like, he's lost 25 kilos. His wife's lost 30 kilos. His kids were both overweight and now they sit there and the food they eat, I can't even eat it because – It's all so healthy. And he said to me, he said, you know, the effect that the sport has had on my family is just unbelievable. And I just sat there and looked at it and I thought, well, there you go. That's not being being used. That's not being expanded upon. But I would think that he would be one example of thousands examples of where the sport has actually changed their life. And, of course, to be able to go and race on the same course on the same day as the pros and sit down and have a beer with a maca or whatever it just it makes it unique and I'm just saying to you and I'm saying to all the punners out there Brett Sutton doesn't need to be the guy that does this he's just trying to point out to you the obvious that that nobody's seeing that the strength of the sport is being totally diminished and changed because it has been a private entity now Up until now, nobody's really looked upon bringing it back to the people. All I'm saying is if we let it go too much longer, you're not going to be able to bring it back to the people. And then, you know, you'll have a situation where it's just going to be a niche sport. Everybody that's in the sport is paying through the nose. And there's no reason to do that, you know. If we keep it it tight... Doesn't have to be a big sport, but we have to stand for something. And at the present moment, the only thing anybody can see is corporate greed. Or you know, and 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 to me, same as we're talking about the age groups. It's great guys want to compete. That's wonderful, you know. But do it in the pros. It's time it, to the
1: it's, age it's time to whip old Alex into shape then, and uh, and get him get him heading the charge with us, and we'll get some petitions rolling and uh, and again people stumping up because I think you know there's a lot of a lot of food for thought there, and I, and I agree with you. There's a, you know, the, the audience out there is, uh, is certainly big enough, but we need some uh, some drivers to push this through. So, um, Brett, what, what what else you sort of got planned for for this year? Are you uh, going to be doing your usual sort of Switzerland and and Thailand sort of gig, or where are you going to be um rolling yeah, Well, around? At
2: pre- well at the present moment, I'm tomorrow. I'll be flying out to Mexico. We, we've got a new team in Mexico. Try Cozumel. Cool and. And uh, of course, there's a very good example. That, look, let me talk about that. That community is unbelievable. So, what we're doing is adding what should have been added that they pay a lot of money to WTC for their race. And um, they want to have second and third degree stuff happen, not people roll in and take the money and do the race and then everybody's gone. So, when we were over there, you know, it's transformed the island. I want to make that, you know, Ironman Island. We, 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 we We took over and, you know, we've had people compete there a couple of times and, uh, you know, we we have a a supporter in Mr. Valdez over there that said, you know, we could do something better for this. They've got some health issues, but all of a sudden uh, you you go to the track. Like this is a good example. Like I've only been home for five days. I've been over there trying to set the team up. Um, You go to the track at the morning and this is in Cozumel. There's 60 people jogging, walking, waddling, all around the track, and all they talk about is their Ironman. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful thing. So, of course, we get there in the morning. They all move out of lane one, and they clap us every time we do a lap. (laughs) Now, as you know, we do a lot of laps, (laughs) so there's there's a lot of clapping going on. But they've really embraced it. And, And for me, what we're doing in Mexico is we've already started the junior program uh, and we're going to have a educational uh, group. Um, so we, we're developing up the local kids who've seen the triathlon and are very excited about it. But, you know, one of the most important things is we're going to have a group of kids that we're going to teach them to swim once a week. We're going to um, teach them to run once a week, and every 10 days we'll do some sort of lecture or whatever just about health and fitness. We're not going to try to make them triathletes. We're going to basically use the triathlon that they have there to – educate the kids at a young age between the age well these guys are going to be between the ages of 10 and 14 that there is alternatives to what's out there at the present moment and, and you know it's pretty scary what kids are got to go through at the present moment but that was the thing that george was saying about the the triathlon and i heard it from alex when i first you know when, when alex and i got together he said similar things he said triathlon's the only sport you don't have to actually get on the podium to be a winner if you finish it you're a winner and that's why I keep saying here the Ironman is losing its gloss because people are not celebrating that you finish. They want to finish in nine hours, or well, the age group of well, I want to do ten, and then I want to do nine fifty, and I want to to actually set your life up in such a way that you can actually complete an Ironman should be the mantra because you've changed somebody's life. They've had to change their drinking habits. They've had to change their working habits. They've had to change. You know what I mean, or you can't do it. It's you know, people said me oh, I to use the same. I said it's not the same. I can go do an ITU race tomorrow. I don't care if it takes me two hours to do the swim. I can. You know what I mean. I don't care if I have got to ride forty k. I've never been on a bike before. I can do forty k. Totally unfit. Okay, I can run or walk ten k, but try try doing an Ironman like that. You can't, and that's why with. The detractors I've got, and I want to say to them publicly Iron Man is special. It, we should be making it more special, not diluting it. Having champions come in and not do Iron Man as Iron Man takes away from the actual Iron Man. We want Iron Man, and we want people, when they cross that line, if it's 16 hours, we want them to say, you know. That's a that's a fulfillment of a dream that I had to get myself into shape. Now, we're not celebrating those people enough. We're not making it special enough. What we're doing is saying, wow, $790, thank you. How about going on this one next year? <coughs> that's good. Mate, to me, well, it doesn't have to change because I'll be long gone. You know, it, because I, for me… I'm just trying to point out what people can't see for themselves at the present moment. There could be a race series now, 25 races. They're all out there. They're all started for $10 million tomorrow. It's chump change, but they don't do that, okay? We could have a situation where, you know, we don't have to have the deaths because, you know, we've got overcrowding on our race sites. We don't need to have that. And we need to address that. We need to make the safety issue the number one issue. Okay? And then the third thing is we need to make the sport for good. It's the last sport around. And, you know, I'm I'm slowly slipping away thinking, no, this is going to go the same way as everything because the apathy of the people in it. We've got 290,000 friends of on Facebook, apparently, someone said to me. Now, if you can't get a quarter then they say, hang on, we don't have to be friends at WTC. We are WTC. We just don't know it at the present moment. That's the problem. Have a look at what's the assets of WTC. Tell me. If you're another business and you're going to buy WTC, what are you buying? I want you to tell me, John. What are we buying? We're buying Iron Man, and, and and
1: and and you've got the you're buying End the athletes. yeah.
2: That's it. They they've got no assets. Yeah. Got an office in Tampa. That's it. Yeah. You're buying the dream, my friend. And mm. what's the dream? The ninety thousand people that do it every year. So they're actually putting themselves in purgatory and don't know it. Yeah. Brett, you so, always you always give us uh, plenty of food, to,
1: you know, plenty <laughs> food of thought, food and, food and to we, thought, and, and hopefully we might get you on um, a little more regularly rather than uh, rather than twice randomly, and. Yeah. and, and um, because we, we you, I'm a follower now on your, on your Twitter, so I can I can see what's what's going on in the Twitter world, and and also I'd like to get you on at some stage again and talk a bit more in detail about Team TBB because um, yeah, it, it's obviously very very different to um, the other teams we see out there in terms of uh, you briefly mentioned just you know the development of um, younger athletes into the sport so. Thank you, as well, always, for being generous. No worries, mate.
2: Generous. Well, we also have another one. I want to give another plug. We also yeah. do one in the Philippines as well. And yeah. we got a junior program there as well. And we're very lucky to have Alaska Milk backing that. And yes. basically, it's more or less – and we're lucky enough to have Dave Dello and uh, Carolyn Steffman heading it up. So they've got an international program. Uh, level so the Filipino guys can have a look and see that that community has got people racing at Kona and we've got a coach there, Matty O'Han, yeah. doing a wonderful job with the junior kids. Well, we're just trying to take the sport back to where it started, you know, and, and uh, it's funny enough, we're having easier times getting sponsors in the third world country than we do in the first world countries. <laughs> oh, yes. we, we, no, it's amazing, but you know, I sit there and scratch my head, we, we've got something in Thailand, We've got something now in the Philippines. We've got the Mexican uh, Cozumel, Tri Cozumel has started up and everybody's embracing it. But we still haven't got anybody for Germany. We still haven't got anybody for America because, you know, oh, well, you know, it, it's it's something that I find a bit hard to understand. But the bottom line is Team 2BB is going to try to look after athletes like we're a social program in ourselves and that's why we haven't shrunk down to the six athletes and let's do this we would much rather try to help some of these people because there's no prize money out there mate and uh you know that that needs to change dramatically very quickly and unfortunately the way things are at the present moment the boardroom is stating well how can we fudge having a pro sport without having a pro sport? And, and that's the bottom line there with the pros. How much can we get away with not paying them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, that 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 in itself makes me sad. Yeah, okay, awesome.
1: boys, I've said enough. No, we good. Thanks for your time, going, mate. We're going to go interview Mer- Meredith Kessler, the winner from Ironman New Zealand now. So oh, um, thank, well. thank you very much for your time and um, good luck with this year's events and
2: training. No, no problem, mate. See Bye.
1: Hey, Thanks, mate. See you, mate. Bye, mate. Cool. Thanks, Brett. We're actually going to put that up on next week's show.
2: I'll, um, I'll pop your note when it's up
1: there. All
2: right, mate. Probably. No worries. Let, let Alex know because I don't even know how to get a podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> cool. Awesome. Thanks, man. <laughs> okay, mate. We'll let you fly.
0: You thanks on. for your time. Bye.
2: No worries. Bye. Um, oh, straight on, on Meredith.
0: Huh?
1: Sponsors. Coffees of Hawaii. We're not just 100% committed to offering the finest Hawaiian premium coffee. He's coffees. reading here, guys. He's reading off the mantra. 100%, 100% Molokai coffee, 100% Kona coffee, and 100% Maui coffee. We're also 100% committed to supporting the revitalization of both culture and ecology in our home, the Hawaiian Islands. That's why we donate 1% of revenues to this cause. More than that, we actively support the people of our home island, Molokai, which many consider to be the most traditional Hawaiian of all the islands. We must be pono. That is, do the right thing. The native culture teaches this by example. It takes strength and courage, smart and passion to Malama and Ayana to take care of the spirit of the land that feeds us. We want to be part of that tradition. Malama, Hawaii, there is nothing like it anywhere else on planet Earth. John, you
0: know what I'm going to do is, you know what I'm going to do? I get a gold star for my reading. You are, that's because you and I both aren't that flash at the reading, and you yeah. nailed that, especially yeah. with all those technical words, yeah, 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 as Hawaiian yeah. words. I'm going to go back and put music in there. Oh, okay.
1: Second, a second, background. Yeah,
0: yeah, I'm going to put some music in there. Nice. So you just sound a little bit deeper. Cool. You know, it's going, yeah.
1: So get yourself some uh, nice, tasty coffee. They've got the teas there as well. Gift cards, if you want to give a bit of bit of gift that uh, that keeps on giving. Recurring delivery, it can turn up every month. You know what's cool about All Coffees of Hawaii? What,
0: they don't just give back to the island, they get back to a sport in a big way. You mm. look at a lot of the pros out there, they're sponsored by Coffees of Hawaii. Yeah. And um, Torsten,
1: he gets. Yeah. He, he looks after Torsten, he was looking after Chrissy, yeah. um, Gordo and Co., that, that crowd. Um, yeah, then you just often go on a pros website
0: and there'll be, oh, Coffees of Hawaii link there. So, you yeah. know, like. Got to support the people. He's in sport, the right sport. place, so, you know, and it's a product that most of us use every day. So if you're out drinking some coffee and And to be honest, most people get pretty coffee snobberish about Mm. their life, don't they? So if you like good coffee, if you really want to kind of treat yourself on something that's really just that next level coffee is why you can't go wrong. Great product, great service, and uh, great philosophy as well. There you go. Okay, John, so what do you think
1: about the Brett interview? Outstanding, Bevan. Did you? Yeah. Why? Are you just saying that because you're just looking at your computer and thinking about something yeah, else? Yeah, I was pulling up our Facebook page ready for the next uh, the next segment. Uh-huh. Um, the interview, yeah, Bevan, yes. We it, did it last it week, was... so you might not be fresh in your mind. It was not particularly fresh. I think he has some, some great points, whether the things are, are realistic, um, I don't know about that. Uh, I think that uh, there's a lot more to what WTC does and maybe the the view that he's got in terms of customer service. And if I if I compare, say, ITU and WTC, I think ITU do a fantastic job at what they do. But if they were to be driven to their 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 core customers are, you know, mainly the higher end age groupers and Olympics. You know, it's all about having that package and making sure it's a good Olympic sport. WTC, whilst we say they're profit driven, it's all about looking looking after the customer. And sometimes they totally cock that up, but their key market is looking after the age group money because that's where the money comes, age group athlete because that's where the money comes from and I think if you went for a non-profit sort of um, type uh, organisation which he's sort of proposing is that we all come in and we all think oh we're going to do this for the good of the sport, well you might lose a little bit of that customer service and customer satisfaction you get from WTC which do put on fantastic races so I kind of wonder if the model of everybody buying in would necessarily work I was sort of thinking more if someone like a, a challenge or some big rich dude came in and still had, you know, profit was a, a bit of a driver, but not the number one driver like it is with WTC. Um, then that might work. But I kind of feel that if you're going to try to get a gazillion people together to to run an organisation, but, but but let's be honest. Well, from what I know, because I don't know much about the
0: um, ITU, ITU's races aren't cheap. No. No,
1: no, no. Like when you were looking at it doing it, the world, how much was it? Oh, it was a lot. Yeah, like yeah, a yeah, thousand bucks was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, to say you are going to half the entry fees, half the entry fee is not. So I uh, uh, you raking lots of profit from these races? No, no. I mean they've got to. I guess they've got to probably support the pro race a bit, um, but I wouldn't have thought so. It's. In or- and they, but they often do downtown races, like when they race do yep, race in Auckland, you got to shut down the CBD. Yeah. I can't even comprehend how much money that must cost. Yep. So I think WTC, whilst their races are, just seem to be going up all the time, um, I think the profit margins are probably a lot less than what some people anticipate. But in I'd love that- to know. I'd love to know because
0: when we talked to Ken Glar, he was like, "Well, actually, these races aren't making much money." Mm. And there was, I think, he was involved in Brazil when it was still a pretty small thing, and. And you know, although I think he's still kind of involved, um, I'd, I'd love to be able to see the you know the the balances of how well it's doing. It's obviously with something because these big equity firms are paying a lot of money for the brand. I think there's
1: that tipping point when you get above, as he was saying, you get above a certain number, so 1300 Boom, you're milking boom, it. You're milking yeah. it. Um, but also for those, they're also sitting on such huge money for a, for a year just to be sitting on it, sitting in the bank. It's got to be worth a bit. Yeah, it's true. So. Um, to sum up what I sort of take away from this is some you know, WTC really could brush up in, in quite a few areas. Whether they know these things, I think they do. but whether they want to set up this pr- really amazing pro circuit or not and I think that would add a huge amount. And I, I would like to see them get a bit more creative in terms of some of the stuff they can do with pros you know have some different type races you know like a multi-lapper i, I think brett mentioned about having a two-day races and kind of i just it's just i just cannot comprehend ever that ever happening you know having a an elite race and an elite age group race one day and then an age trip race the other day the next day you know if you go to these races and you look at them and you look at the the volunteers and, and all the logistics I, even if you had masses amounts of money to throw it i still don't think it would work
0: Well, I don't know if that's true. I think if you have massive amounts and, you know, I'm sure a lot of people would stay for the weekend and watch the elite race the next day, you know, like it wouldn't be that interesting, I think, with the same problem because it's such a long race. But um, the thing I find really interesting is let's say it did happen. Let's say we all put a 1000 bucks in and we did overtake it. Now, I think that one, like it could be manageable because I think the thing is is that WTC right now is a business trying to make a profit. So when you're a business trying to make a profit, you tend to make... Business decisions that are leading you towards profit. Mm. And if we were to overtake the sport in a way that, um, you know, and put, and put a good infrastructure in place that was more about creating a different customer experience, or, you know, and, you know, as Brett was kind of saying, how putting the sport back to the things that are important, so about people growth, about, you know, all that other, you know, all the good stuff mm. that sport does provide, I, I'm, I would be really interested to see how the sport would be different. Mm. You know, and what would be the benefits of doing that? I think that there could be some real good stuff that comes from that because, as Brett was saying, the WC are just doing what they're meant to do. They're a business mm. trying to make profit, and so they have to make decisions around that. And as as he was kind of alluding to, we are the only way they can make profit at this moment in time. They, they don't seem to have a product that that is a good spectacle that they can put on TV mm-hmm. in a big time way. They don't seem to be pulling in big sponsors. Mm. You know, the fact they lost Ford mm. kind of says something, doesn't it? You know, oh, yeah. you know, Ford was really the only big ticket sponsor they had and, and I kind of feel that the only reason they had that sponsor was because of the T V coverage. Yep. You know, that they get on, you know, big T V coverage in America mm-hmm. and it was always those Ford ads that were quite prevalent throughout the <clears throat> throughout the coverage. Now that even Ford's gone and, and they're not really other than some triathlon sponsors, they're not mm-hmm. really getting those big corporate sponsors low. that, you know, bring in millions of dollars. So, you know, like how can they make money? Well, they basically got to go to the people they're already trying to make money on and try and make money, more money from them. Mm. And that's why I think you're seeing things like the age group champs and stuff. It's trying to encourage people to do more of their races. Um, but, I, yeah, I'd be really interested to see just what would be the difference in the sport if there wasn't so much, you know, you'd need to turn over enough money to keep the sport strong. But as in the, the philosophy was, how do we drive these certain values more? Mm. And and I think you would see a big change in the sport and probably a much better way. Do I think it's possible? I don't, I, you know, I think it's a conversation that would just stay as a conversation, but let's see yeah. what the listeners thought.
1: Um, Rody Ho Bevan, let's see what the listeners thought. I was going to add. A Craig
0: Cooper. he's got, um, uh, we do that every time we enter, but yes, I'd probably seriously consider it. So we basically, the question we put to you guys was, with Brett Sutton being on the show this week, we were wondering if you would be willing to put $1,000 of your own money to buy the WTC.
1: Let us know why. Even still, well, long answer is, I have not felt the problems that keep getting spoken of. I sign up, race, and have fun. It's also hard to separate the various brands running races, as they all have strengths and weaknesses. I think WTC are coping, <gasps> coping a heavy. WTC are coping a heavy dose of the frustration that I think comes from being popular. Okay, Alan
0: Nemo Branch is saying uh, no. I can think of a lot of other non-profit charities where my thousand dollars donation would come to a lot more use in the world. Carl
1: Hamilton, yes. Depending on the leadership of the new owners group, and that was quite a strong theme that came through. People just didn't say, oh, "I'll just give you a thousand bucks." They said, "If the right people and structures are in place." Yeah.
0: Joanne Bexis has got a brother. Put the money into a worthy competitor. Make the WTC sit up and take notice.
1: The monopoly on the events is what makes it so hard to change. Challenge would be my choice. Lucy France is only 1,000 each. Let me do the math. We need 56,000 of us to raise $56 million. Yep. Um, Matt
0: Miller, yes, if the people who own the race, we could run events by people for the people. The dot is already a communist red. Whoa, he's going there, team. <laughs> uh, let's just paint the entire concept red. How did I get that, to that statement, <laughs> taking red pills, LOL? You know what that comes from, John? matrix oh, right. I'm not serious on that statement for any rednecks out there um, I don't really care about the races for the pros doesn't add much value and makes every anything I buy dearer as we have to pay for the freebies prize money and age groupers are what make the sport tick and survive they are the heart of the sport if you interview Brett Sardin, I just want to hear these crazy training stories well you didn't really get much of that does he still wear boxing shoes and, with suits
1: <laughs> Jeff, uh, Jeff the explosion curry, who incidentally um, I p- posted a picture on our face Page the other day from his uh, his tri club and they put the IM talk logo on there. I was going to talk about that. Are oh, we? Okay. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Stewie Thunder. Um, but if you guys ever want to put Lisbon Triathlon Club. Yeah. If you ever want to use our logo on your tri club yeah. website or anything our like logo's that, is open source, mate. Yeah. It's <laughs> open source. We should actually put it on. We should put, we should put a media page on our. I own thought own of what website. we could
0: do. There's a podcast I listen to called um, No Agenda and No Agenda. What they do is they say you can sell any product with your brand our branding on it. <laughs> you just give us a cut and we'll we'll promote it so they've got a promotion page so basically you get cups and get everything and basically the people come to you and you say look here's our selling page and all their their listeners create their merchandise Mm. and they just give them 20% of the profit
1: (laughs) so maybe maybe we're open source John I like that Jeff the Explosion Carrie I think the product um was, I think if the product was bad and the culture was toxic, that people would vote by not entering or supporting events. That's not the case. Therefore, I'm not sure it needs to be brought out. I do genuinely think that Andrew Messick is listening. I haven't heard what Brett wants to do with it when, it, when he gets to it. Um, what would be so radically different from the 90%, for the 95% of the entrants?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, my last one is short answer notes from Evan Stilwell. Long answer I've often felt the problems that keep getting spoken of. I sign up, race, and I've have done fun. That. I've not. That. I've oh, done sorry.
1: That. Sorry. Why don't you, you don't listen to me, do you? Joe, does Bevan listen to you? Most, most of the time. the time. I'm pretty good, actually. Most the no, time. No, I,
0: I think more than most, babe. Come <laughs> on, oh, come on.
1: Pick me up here. <laughs> most Norman White, time. yes, we need to take our sport back. <laughs> you can't finish with a biggie. <laughs> Um, and just running the numbers, who was it there that, uh, that sort of ran the numbers? It was uh, 50, Liz- Lucy Francis. And that's what I was thinking, you know, um, I-, I counted there's 29 Ironmans at the moment and ballpark, you know, say your average of 2,000 people per race, um, that only gives you 58,000 athletes and there'll be athletes that double up and sure there's athletes that are not racing but let's say, just for argument's sake, they don't double up, and everybody just does one race. That's only fifty-eight thousand people that'll do an Ironman this uh, year. Everyone park.
0: who does a race this year would have to do it.
1: Yeah, and I know that on their Facebook page they've got two hundred thirty thousand people um, likes or something like that.
0: Well, and there are a lot of triathletes who don't race every year.
1: Yeah, so I just think that um, yeah, if you could you, John, would you would you? Uh, like a lot of other people, I would if there was a good structure. So, say for example challenge came along and got some massive billionaire said, right, we're buying it. You guys are gonna run the gig and uh, and then And I'm doing it for my good cause. And we're gonna we're gonna hold a say a fifty one percent stake and we're gonna we're gonna sell off a forty nine percent stake or anything like that and you can be part of the experience. Um, genuinely I, pro- I I would seriously consider it. Yeah. Seriously would for a thousand <laughs> bucks I think I'm putting this into the sport for the long term, not really expecting a, a return out of it. You could do it like a Kickstarter
0: would. too. So a Kickstarter you do a Kickstarter? Sort of. Yeah, likely. so basically you have an idea, you want to make it work, and you basically go into the Kickstarter, you say, look, um, I want to write a book, do an album, create some product. Um, I need $5,000 to do it, you know, and everyone contributes. And then if they make the amount of money, mm-hmm. then you get the money. So you could kind of say, okay, we need $56 million. Yeah. Everyone puts in the $1,000. You only get charged if they actually get the $56 million. Yeah. So so that way it's a bit fair. Yeah, I probably would as well if I, if I felt it could actually...
1: Improve things.
0: Yeah, well, I think... I, more if I felt they had the right people in place. Because mm. it really comes from putting the right people in place who can improve pe- things, you know what I mean? Like, it's one thing to say, you know, well, let's get the money and buy it, but you could end up in just a, a pretty messy place because there's so many personalities, and you'll put, you'll mm. need some people at the top who have a history, have experience, have driven, you know. If you'd
1: be sitting on the sidelines. I'd basically go, there's my $1,000. bucks. Yep. i would like to have a, uh, a report and, and, and maybe just give my opinion, once a year. Yeah, uh, uh, and but I mean, the people then at the top. Just sit do, back.
0: Oh, who's the guy who arranged the Olympics? Sebastian Coe was it? He was the figurehead. Yeah, but yeah. you know, like guys like that come across with credibility. You know, someone like that, you mm. go, you know, I buy into this guy. Mm. Felix. Yeah, 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 Felix. Yeah, but without trying to make profit. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, um, this week's discussion, John. Uh, would Ironman races still sell out if there were no Kona slots? Would you still enter? Mm. that's really interesting because someone was saying before that they they don't
0: feel they get any value from pros being there so and all the yeah. rest of it so
1: and honestly looking at pros more just the kind of slots for age groupers so you know if they announce another iron man california another one or iron man yep up in texas or some, somewhere in the states uh no kind of slots do you think it would still sell out and would it affect whether you would enter or not yeah I'm just interested because oh. I, I, go, I go on and on about this, but there's more and you more go races, on and, on. <laughs> and they just keep putting kind of slots and then they throw another hundred slots at, at Whistler, and I'm like, "What the hell? You know, where did, where, where did all the slots disappearing from? And I know they're trimming here and there and everywhere, but gonna, there's going to come a stage where you can't have fifty slots at every race because it just it just won't add up. Well, be, well, let's talk about this next week because I've got some interesting thoughts. Okay, life changing thoughts,
0: questions and
1: answers. Okay, the when's the next sponsor's going on there, Bevan? Or do you want to do that now? Uh, get it. Get it done, Dust. Okay, sponsor Stream uh, Endurance. John, I've got some sore joints. Have you? Well, I was actually actually funny I should say that because I was talking to one of the athletes that I coached the other day and uh Who's that? And Dave Fish. Oh, good
0: old Dave Fish. He's, a, in,
1: he's a, an he's champion. champion. And uh, and he was saying he's been uh, taking a bit of the extreme joint four, and he seems to be noticing a bit of a difference. Nice. He's, uh, and let's be honest, ageing athlete joints is a problem. You calling Dave ageing? Are you? He's not saying he's young. <laughs> yeah, you'd <be> right. <laughs> I'm um, Not
0: saying you're old Dave. Just saying you know you're not you're not young.
1: Not a spring chicken. <laughs> and he's, he's coming over for Kona Camp. Um, oh, nice. So it's going to be good times. So. So you've got the Extreme Joint 4 is a scientifically-based formula of nutritional building blocks to support the growth of joint cartilage and connective tissue. In addition to glucosamine and um boswella and MSM are added to increase circulation and reduce inflammation. So, if you're one of those guys getting a few aches and pains, and it's uh, starting to get you down, you're not quite sure what to do. Give it a try. It's only $31.50 to get yourself a container of that. If you use the code IMTalk5, you get five bucks off any orders you do. So uh, that'll take it down to $26.50 and uh, worth crack. John,
0: joints. It's interesting. Like you know how like. A lot of people going towards this barefoot running, minimal shoe kind of thing. i got given some of those Adidas shoes, the ones with the new technology, the bounce You're in it. You were quite excited about them, weren't you? I really am, actually, because it's, it's kind of like a minimalist shoe, but they've got this new technology, which they claim is – um, it basically, it's got a lot more bounce in it. Mm-hmm. And for me, as I get older, older and, and I've done a lot of impact in my life, I want cushioning more, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, as much as everyone's saying, go towards less support – my body likes the cushioning, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, because my joints just find that, because I've done so much impact over the years, you know, I'm only 35, you know, you think mm-hmm. of someone who's similar kind of level. Going on 40, yeah. Well, you're still, you know. <laughs>
1: Closer to 40 than 30.
0: <laughs> just. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, I'm just noticing that, you know, you do want to look after your joints, and, and for me, the, I'm really enjoying these shoes, but... Yeah, stuff like this here, especially as you get older, because you know when you do an impact exercise, it's you know you hear people who've been runners all their life and they're like, oh, you know, I just can't run because it's just on the joints. Mm. So this kind of stuff here will definitely
1: you know, help prolong that. Check it out, xendurance.com. Um, if you want any products off there, use the code I am Talk Five. Good times, rock and roll, John. Okay, questions
0: and answers. Richard Swan just sent through some updates on IM in New Zealand. He was basically saying
1: that the uh, he thought the three lap course actually worked quite well. He quite liked it. No problems, and he was towards the top of the field. He's yep yeah, um, really, and he was he was one of the fastest runners on the course. Also saying fastest was, age grouper. Yeah. Also saying the run course is significantly harder now, significantly yeah. harder, and, and obviously therefore slower as well. With um, cutting one section out, um, you have a couple of shorter, sharper hills more often, and uh, so he thought that I need to revise my uh, my expectations. And uh, all I'm hearing though Swanee is excuses. And uh, <laughs> are you racing this year, Swanee? Yeah, he said he's not. Oh. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to change. I'm still running fast.
0: Well, you're taking on um, who are you taking on? Meredith Kessler and. Dino, Dino Gaskin, he won the age
1: group you're in this year. He did slow time. Apparently, he was pretty crook going into oh, the race. Really? So yeah,
0: well yeah, he's coming back next year, John. And you're talking a big game. Yeah, you have to pretty much win your age group, don't you? No, no. no. How many stops with there? you? Oh, there'll be at least four. Okay. Yeah. Okay, but you want to win it. Let's be honest. <laughs> Not denying it. Sad news, really. Um, a guy called Tony Jackson if you've ever done Man New Zealand especially in the last kind of 15 years you'll know of Tony Jackson he's one of the one of those two guys I can't remember the other guy's name who had pretty much done Man New Zealand from day one mm-hmm. and every year they'd turn back up and uh, they'd always get them up at Ironman New Zealand to have a bit of a chat now one of the guys was this guy you could kind of tell was a little bit over it but I think he just kind of kept doing it because he kind of committed for so long but Tony Jackson was this real kind of charismatic guy great speaker and apparently within the Auckland community was quite big within the triathlon community really developed a lot of people and just just really you know if we go back to what is the heart and soul of the sport Tony really represented what that was about and um unfortunately he passed away I'm not sure exactly when he passed away but it was announced yesterday so passed away in you know over the last few days and um 28 did 28 straight Ironman New Zealand. So he did all of them, really. And then a few years ago, he got really really sick. He had a brain tumor, and um, and he still
1: completed when it was like his 24th, yeah. and his wife did it with him, and so um. And uh, Ironman New Zealand have retired bib number 28. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And uh, so they did a lot of fundraising as well, and and creating awareness around cystic fibrosis, which is the the main charity of Ironman New Zealand. So uh, condolences to. Tony's family Yeah definitely Because he was definitely One of the good guys In our sport So mm. you know Just thinking of well, you guys
0: Just uh, just uh, We were talking about That girl Annabelle We and, were, we were off air Yeah No no Before uh, We were talking about her uh, You know A few weeks ago Really we? okay Yeah the, the girl at the gym Who came up to me And said Oh
1: I'm doing Man," and, and I think and, I said It was this person Yeah And it turned out You were
0: right <laughs> Far out Well she did Man New Zealand John I'm a Genius She won her age group Yeah And she got to Kona At uh. time of 11.07 Which is pretty sharp For a chick and what
1: uh, age group? She's off to Kona, Annabelle Bramwell. Annabelle Bramwell, and there was also an article on these guys, her and her father, in the paper. Her father oh, was it? Yeah, and her father was Greg Bramwell. Pre, this was pre race, and uh, who I think I know. Yeah, because he, he used to train my ex partner in photography. Yeah, he does. He owns a. Uh, I'm going to give him a plug here because Photo uh, international because he he helped uh, sponsor my triathlon at uh, oh, in Pegasus. Great. Um, and so his daughter, he, he's done Ironman. I think he might have done Kona as well. He did Ironman a long time ago, like 88 or 1989, something like that. And uh, they both did the race, and she probably spanked him. But he also, um, supporting the show, he won the Blue 70 wetsuit in the last nice uh, Oh, nice. Last Ironman. Photo and Video International. F- photo.co.nz. And, that, and that, this is where I got Belinda's camera, her camera
0: for nice. her last birthday.
1: They do your proper... Yeah, no, it's the good Sh- thing about these guys they, these cameras. are where
0: the photographers go. This place is, oh, yeah. in Christchurch, it's like the number one place, but they've also got a
1: really good website, so yeah. Photo.co.nz if you want to get it yourself. Is, yeah, Mira yeah. One other thing that I, I got through them was that they actually do second hand cameras, reconditioned reconditioning yeah. ones, and that's I got blunder. I got her a nice new snazzy lens, um, but got her a second hand body because oh, the bodies yeah. don't change that much. Um and uh she's just started a photo course as well. Oh, which it. one did she start? Uh, they do it, Hagley. Joe's on their course. She's not in Felina's class. Felina knows Joe. I know. What, what night? Tuesdays.
0: Oh, just Thursdays. Mm. Oh, that's a pity they're not together. They could be bosom buddies. They could be. Oh, I take photos, of it, although we're probably on talking together. Yeah. You know, get us in trouble. So uh Annabel Banro, nice week. Um, just uh the photo, Lipson Tri Club. On, yep. on it, yep. So that was that was all good. Cool. Lipson, Lipson, Lipson. I can't remember. Tri Club. I'm on their Facebook page right now. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They're doing an awesome job. It sounds like tough conditions are out there. So mm-hmm. you know, Keith Bradley. Yep. Yep. Oliver Harkin. Nice. Aaron Sargent. Johnny Mack. They're all part of the club. Cool. Go you good things. And uh also John Bo. Mm-hmm. What else was I saying? Um We've got a couple of finishes from uh last weekend. Oh, okay, wait before you do. Yep. I said last week if you want the show email to you, mm-hmm. go to our webpage and there's a link on there. Quite a few people did, which okay. is really great. So what basically I'm going to do is each week after I've posted the show to the internet, I'll just send you an email. It's not going to be spam. I'm just going to say, hey, here's this week's show. Here's an MP3. So you can either listen to it directly there or you can download it to the device you use. If you want to get that, just go to www.imtalk.me, and on the front page in the middle column, the little small column to the middle, where, under where it says affiliate, it just says get the show emailed to you, put your name, your email address in there, push submit. You do get a confirmation email which you need to click on, and then just each week I'll send you an email. Sweet. So
1: rock and roll. So we've got a couple couple more finishes from IMA New Zealand. Be oh, tell me about it because I haven't got it in front of me. Okay. Uh, first up, we had Tanya in Jack Nice, good name First Ironman, Bevan First Ironman How did they go? 1346 1346 Makes them a Makes her a Sub sub 13 for girl No, sub 14 for girl She's a Harvey Hummer Nice Hammer. Good Hammer. work, good work We had to get rid of the Hummer, didn't we? Yeah, Hummer Daniel Americans Weird sex Rob Dallymore Oh, Dallymore He looked like he had a pretty good race 9 hours 50. Yes. No. Oh. No PB. Oh, what's this PB? I wonder. I'm not sure. Still, 950 is pretty sharp. And if the course is slower, I'm pretty sure he got a, a kind of slot. Yep. And Rob's an elite animal. Yes. And then uh, finally, we had Mike oh, sub 9. Yeah, yeah sorry. Sub, sub 10. Yeah. Uh, finally, we had Mike Stone. Yep. 11 hours 50. 11 hours 50, which makes him a Plani predator. Uh, or or even a uh Kuwakini crusher maybe.
0: No sub isn't. Oh I girls and guys
1: confused. Yeah. Sub twelve. Okay, nice. So and uh was that a PB Bevan? <sighs> yes. Yes it was. Yes.
0: Love his work. That's all we got. Okay, good work you guys. If remember if you do want to tell us about your Ironman finish, you go to Iamtalk.me, you go to community page, tell us about your IM Finish and just fill in the little form there. Okay, John sponsors. Coffees of dot com. Um, uh, they're just good people, John. Air com. They're just good people as well. Extreme endurance. Good people. And he's always trying. Do you know what John? Get yourself a try sir. No. They're
1: good people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh whatcha? Uh Talked about my 10k last week's project 2014 update. Talked about the 10K. Had a couple of 80K rides on Saturday, Sunday, biked up to uh up to near the boat the, the foothills, up to near shift just past uh, Springfield, some friends place, stayed the night, biked home the next day, to your party rides. Uh put out the cranium. You would? Yep. Yeah. I
0: think what you've done is you the problem, you know what the problem is, guys? Sure, John sounds like he's a bit of a legend in Cranium But when you've played it quite a few times You kind of get to know the answers I'm pretty good at charades as well Yeah, and but you do kind of get to know the answers mm. And once you get to know the answers Because we play with Jeff and Kate, they're our friends mm. And they've got their own board And they've got the newer version of the game Which is actually better than the older version mm. And they just pull out the answer And, the, and in two seconds they'll get it And you go, oh, yeah. you, know, you only
1: know that Because you've answered it five times so you're We're, not getting much credibility. We, for it. we veto a couple of questions, we say, no, nah, we've had that one.
0: Yeah. But only a couple to make it look like you've been fear, Yeah, yeah. Stilts, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: so, so that was all good. And uh, yeah, that's about it, really. Just ticking along. Training going well, 12 hours last week. When did you not start obviously. to go longer? Uh, well, Blinda... Inver- oh. Inadvertently, oh, what you do? Gave me a bit of a green card, a bit of a you know, a bit of an open card for uh, Sunday mornings because what happens on Sunday, uh, the weekends Phil and I go training six o'clock in the morning on with, Saturdays? With, with, and Saturdays and Sundays with our fancy headlights head on and stuff. So, you've got the big headlight, up. have you? Oh, yeah, I went crazy. Yeah, oh, that's got, right. I, How much that cost you? It was a lot. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so basically on Sundays, she's she's, she's telling the story to the f- our friends when we're away at the weekend. She says, Sundays are great, you know, John gets up and goes training at six o'clock comes back maybe uh eight eight thirty or something, then has to go straight off and, and sometimes I've got kids coaching I'm doing and that takes me out till sort of about ten ten forty five or so and then I come back. So she's Great, you know and he, before he leaves he turns the T V on so when the kids get up out of bed. So at she can stay in bed and have a good yeah, sleep in. They'll just go upstairs and they'll just be playing around and uh, and she stays in bed. So she and then she says, Oh, and they come downstairs maybe <clears throat> 8.30, something like that, or you know, maybe 8 o'clock and um, have a bit of a cuddle in bed and then yep. we go upstairs and have a late breakfast. and uh a so chance to relax, John. Yeah, John turns back about 10.45, just got dressed and you know, it's all good. And I said, so what you're saying is, you know, it's fine if I'm not around to 11 o'clock. And she said, yep. And I said, oh, well, it's okay, I've got training everywhere. And she said, that's fine. What about the kids' stuff? Oh, well, that's, see, that's a good thing. That'll finish in, uh, in the next few weeks. And so basically after that, I've got Sunday's Four to five hour window if I keep starting. you can get a long ride in? Yeah. Well, when so else do you do long ride? I don't know, at the moment. Oh, it's two, about it. two, two two and, two and a half hours, about as long as I get. Oh, so good times. I can and
0: they do the same thing?
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'll, he'll, he'll get it sorted. His wife's under his thumb, is she? No, actually, the <laughs> complete opposite. <laughs> but she won't. She They don't get up that early. So it was oh, sweet. Harold's his same kids? Same as ours. But I've got one extra. Third one. Mistake. Don't do it. Don't, yeah. don't yeah. do it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Bevan, what about you? John, I was, I was coaching the other day. Yeah. As you do, because it's kind of what I do in my life. I was coaching my running crew and going along. And you know what happened to me? And it's never happened to ever, ever in my life. And I wonder if it's happened to you. Two flat tyres at the exact same time. This is
1: weird. <laughs> Tell me about it. Are we, are we being subliminal here? No, it's, it's not. I haven't had two flat tyres. Are you talking on your bike? Yeah. Um, literally. No, I haven't had that. Literally. And it wasn't
0: like there was lots of stuff on the road or anything. Mm. I mean, and the funny thing was... you know. It's, it's, there's and there's another level we don't know about John. Mm-hmm. There's another level because the other that morning I thought to myself, hmm, maybe I should take my bike pump because I might get a flat tire. Because <laughs> I never do when the runners, because yeah. I, you know, we're always close to where we are. And uh, and I thought, no, no, I'll be all right. Run along, and just bang bang, shh, both of them, not even bang, bang, it was just bang, and they both went
1: you know what's funny about this is it's not a not a flat tire on my bike, but Friday night before we're going, we're going away on Saturday morning, yep. get a flat tire in the car. Oh, really? Mm. Big nail in there. And so I uh, tried to get it fixed, but it's like nah. 5 o'clock on Friday, not happening. Went to one place said, we're just about to shut, but we open at 8 o'clock in the morning. So pull up, pull up there um, just after 8 o'clock on Saturday morning, and uh, I'm thinking, what the hell is going on here? And there's bloody cars for Africa. Yep. And... Uh, was a special one? And then, no, and then I, so I pull in and I'm sitting in there with the kids waiting. Like, why, why the hell are Bill. these cars here? And then I see these bloody green t-shirts starting to run past. And oh. it's Bevan's bloody running group has <laughs> taken over a whole area. There's cars everywhere at 8 o'clock on a Saturday morning. I'm like, what the hell is Where going on? Where were you? Ferramid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's,
0: it's, yeah. It's, it's, we, we dominate an area. The <laughs> n- the nurses get annoyed with us because we do a Wednesday morning session. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, we on a Wednesday morning session, we get about 80, 80 to 90 runners here, And... Uh, and the nurses always like to turn up work because they get the all day parking. Mm. <laughs> but all our came yeah. And we're only there for an hour and they miss their opportunity. And the, apparently the nurses are really angry at us.
1: I be there. are.
0: Well, who cares? Yeah. First, and first served.
1: Yeah. Public roads. Right, I'll go for a swim, Bevan. Oh, he does too. Yeah, I've got to make sure I'm back for Paulie Kuru. Paulie Kuru, this week's legend. So yes.
0: Okay, Iron Russ. I mean, nope. Train hard. Train smart. Kia, Kia Kaha.
1: <clears throat>